Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody. I'm Rich. I'm here live on Southern Sports Central. Glad to have you on here tonight as we're coming to you live from our game of the week for the South Carolina Youth Football Association. Got on the line with us for the pregame right here as we'll be waiting to kick off for the 12U Low Country Golden Knights and the 12U Fort Dorchester Patriots. It was erection a little bit earlier moments ago. It was the 8U squad that squared up and it was uh, a, a close game a great game but the low country golden knights ended up pulling that one out 14 to 6 we're currently right now in the second quarter here at the fort as it is a 12-8 lead for the low country golden knights i'm going to bring in the professor who he's been out over there danny jones throughout the day they've had six matchups uh, three different matchups, six different teams. Uh, Professor, man, I got a chance to hang out with you a little bit earlier over there, but uh, I guess you guys have finally wrapped it up, huh? Yeah, most definitely. Uh, it was actually surprising. They started a little bit earlier this morning, um, which was kind of a good thing. Nine o'clock was the start time, was the starting time for uh, the Somerville Swamp Fox against the West Ashley Kings, and that was actually uh, a pretty good game all around for the 8, 10, and the 12. Right. And now you guys uh, just finishing up. Go ahead. No, I was saying you, you got we got a chance to see that West Ashley team. They just joined this league uh, a few weeks back. They've got I think three games under their belt prior to today's game, and uh, you know we saw some positives, saw some things that definitely they're going to be able to take back with them to West Ashley and figure out. Of course, they got to see that uh, very well disciplined Ashley Ridge squad, who, uh, if I'm not mistaken, took them for the sweep. And uh, yeah, a lot of high points and low points. But talk a little bit about this new team that's in the league and that being that West Ashley team that we saw in action early. Yeah, West Ashley Kings are new to the SCYFA. Um, I think that there, it was two games that they had previous to uh, seeing Ashley Ridge, which that actually put a brick wall in front of their schedule because the two teams they took on before are not ranked. So now they had a chance to find out what it was to play against a ranked team, and it didn't come so easy for them. But like you said, I think it's a it's an opportunity to go back to the drawing board and see what you have to do and uh, try to fix some things, and if not, try to make it better. But for a first-year program, you know, not too bad. 
Um, we saw that they have a wardrobe malfunction with the uniforms not coming in on time, but that's peanuts to an elephant when it comes to youth football. I don't care what you put on. If you put on your dad's T-shirt and you go out there, you play ball, you win, it's not the uniform that makes you. So it's the guy that's in the uniform. So I, I really don't really care too much how that even presents itself. I think these guys just go back to the drawing board and uh, they come back with a plan B on how they're going to finish off the rest of their season, which actually should be a pretty strong finish uh, because the team that they play next up is all ranked. Now, of course, that was uh, the first series. It started off at 9 o'clock in the morning over there at Danny Jones. That was the likes of West Ashley taking on the Ashley Ridge squad. Uh, again, a great opportunity for us to see multiple talented individuals throughout the morning. And then that was that afternoon matinee where the Raiders, the host team over there, as they do what they do. And I don't have uh, all the answers for all of the games that were played towards the end, but uh, we always know Anton is going to bring a very solid squad. These guys are going to be ready to play, and it looked like that in the first two games that I got a chance to see most of that action. Then it was the third matchup in the 12-view that you were able to kind of hang out there uh, without me. I had to head over here to this game. But uh, talk a little bit about the team that came in. This is a brand-new team, literally, I think maybe a few games under their belt out of that Columbia area. We call it that 378 region out of this league. But uh, you got a chance to meet uh, two ladies. That run those pro that run that program. Uh, let's let's hear about this team. Who who are they, and what was your thoughts after three solid games uh, under the belts here in the Low Country? Most definitely. Well, we met the ladies that run it up. It's the West Columbia War Eagles. That's the name of the team. The West Columbia War Eagles. They came down, traveled down to play Danny play in Danny Jones, as you said, and kind of a tough one. Now I tell you, they look good. They looked really good. The uniforms pressed clean. The cheerleaders were down to the nines. They were all looking sharp. Got the swag bags with them. The whole nine. Again, I think when you test yourself up against a team such as the Raiders, uh, Ashley Ridge, Woodland, anybody down here in the low country, listen, I don't think there's one easy team to run over down here. When it comes to youth football and the SDYFA, it's any given Saturday. I don't care who you are. You better be up on your game to play any of these teams down here. Um, and the, the War Eagles, West Columbia War Eagles, came down here, and they met their match when it came to the Raiders. The 12U game was no different from the 8 and the 10U. Uh, last when I was leaving, 38 seconds left, I believe, in the game. Uh, they threw a pass. North Charleston intercepted, goes back for a pick six. So that's another six or seven on the board, I, I really couldn't watch it anymore because North Charleston was just doing what they wanted to with the War Eagles at the time. And they did it all the way across the board for 8, 10, and 12. We're live right now with a professor from Voice Sports, also part of the Southern Sports Central family. You can hear him live right here on the network tomorrow night, 6 to 9. He'll be getting you up to date on all the action that took place all throughout the state of South Carolina. The commissioner will be calling in, I'm sure, players some coaches some fans some uh just those around the league around the state can check in and kind of give us their thoughts on what they thought throughout this entire day of activity it's been a beautiful day of course uh you and i last night spent about four or five hours together here at fort Worchester as it was a uh friday night lights uh for the books for the fort number four team in the they could be ranked in the country but they're definitely number four in the state of south carolina the patriots hosted the seventh 
ranked team in the state of South Carolina and the Goose Creek Gators, man. And uh, let's talk a little Friday Night Lights real quick, man. Got sure. what we thought we were going to get, but but quite frankly, you know, I, I got to be honest. After I saw Goose Creek play on Monday up at Berkeley, up there in Monk's Corner, I, I really thought without a doubt we were going to get this one by 30 points. I, I just felt it in my – you know, in my loins there because I had seen the DBs that this quarterback was throwing against. And I said, man, we got better dudes over here. You know, I looked at the running back games. And, again, I'm not undermining what Berkeley's got. I'm just telling you that's just how good the guys here at the Ford are. You know, when you got Thunder and Lightning over there, and that's, of course, you know, Mr. Jalen Best and Mr. Dwayne Wright, these guys have that one-two punch. And then Zoltan Osborne's got about five different receivers from about five foot, five, six, Somewhere like that to six foot four. I mean, he's got quite the buffet of uh, opportunity to be successful in about four quarters. Oh yeah, most definitely. When you have when you have answers like that to any of the questions or the doubters or anybody out there that thinks you don't have it, um, like you said, you have Desishore who can go both ways, either go in that slot or he can go behind the or he can go behind the quarterback. Either way, number twenty three, Dwayne Wright is just killing the game right now with that lower-the-shoulder, forward-downhill running. And he's not a small guy. He's really not a small guy. you got to put your hands around him and get low because he will. So for a guy to be that big and get low, definitely, definitely a threat. Wide receivers, tall, lanky, and fast. The three things that you always want in a wide receiver, Fort Dorchester varsity football has. And then to top it all off, with your cherry on the top, you have a sophomore. That's right. I said it. A sophomore quarterback <laughs> with the means to throw the ball down the field and lead those guys, and the timings were just on. Uh, they were actually pumped up last night. Totally different feel from last week uh, with Ashley Ridge, where everybody's kind of quiet on the sideline and not too much noise and didn't have their fan base behind them. But last night, played at home. The blackout tour is probably, is probably what I'm calling it tomorrow. Um, the blackout tour just came, and they just did exactly what they were supposed to do. No mouth talking, no back and forth. They came out and played smash mouth football. They played Fort Dorchester football. That they did, and we're right here playing some youth out of Fort Dorchester football. It was uh, just moments ago, uh, about 30 minutes ago, the 8U squad uh, wrapped it up there, and it was all low country Golden Knights winning 14-6 to over that 8U program out of the fort. And right now we are in the second quarter, 316 remaining. It is a Low Country Golden Knight lead at 12 to 8. And I'm looking to see, I believe, uh, if I'm not mistaken, looking to see who they're going to spot the ball with. I believe it's going to be Fort's ball. And we'll check that here in just a minute here as the referees are having a conversation. But back to action from last night. You know, when we look at things, you know, Zolt had a great night 14 for 20, 332 yards, and three touchdowns. Not Forgetting, as he reminded you, one rushing touchdown. A sophomore. Yeah, That's we right. both said it, right? <laughs> so, and how about right. Aaron Wilborn? Exactly. You know, they talk about the backup quarterback. When you get the chance to be the starting quarterback, you got to do what you got to do. He went three for four, 42 yards and a touchdown himself. That's how you get recognized. That's how you stay in there. That's how you get those opportunities. Let's look at some rushing yards from last night for the Ford. It was all right with me when you handed it to number 23. That is Mr. Wright. He go. went 23 for 138 yards and three touchdowns. And Osborne, well, that man right there, he had five t- runs for 12 yards and a touchdown of his own, like we mentioned. But it was the receivers. It was the, uh, I guess, the four horsemen, if you will. Jalen Best, Desishore, 
Washington, McKelvey, each one of them had a touchdown, and they got somewhere around 350 yards total of receiving yards for the fort last night. And that right there kind of tells you the story of the offense. But you cannot go without talking about that defense. And so many of those guys, we had Wright, number 33. He had a fumble recovery. The player of the game, the player of the game was Mr. Springs. He had two interceptions. The other one easily could have been an interception inside the end zone as uh, you kind of put everything in perspective. This cat waited. He watched. He learned. And he definitely received some gifts from the other side on that quarterback. Mr. Mack. That's right, Mr. Otis Mack, Jr., number 11. He had seven tackles along with Kay Jones, number 25, also had seven tackles on the night. Now, you look over there, you see the things that are taking place. Now, you know, we, we won't get into some of the things that they could get, you know, that we saw the concerns. We'll let the coaches break that down. We'll kind of get on that positive train here tonight. But how is it uh, – it's not hard to be positive when you got that score at 56-15. But what were some of the things that you took out of this? You've now seen them, Professor, play Ashy Ridge on the road. They pick up a region win, come back home. They open up. You got a chance to be on that sideline, see the buses rocking back and forth, everybody coming out, everybody joining in. The crowd was intact. The student section was rocking. Everybody was here but the band, and maybe we'll get there in a couple weeks. But we've got a region win, a regular season out of the region win. That makes us 2-0 if you're, of course, following the Patriots. What are your thoughts uh, from the sideline up to us in the booth when it comes down to breaking down two weeks of football behind the fort? One of the things that we always say is one of the words that we always use is discipline. Fort Dorchester has discipline enough to where these young men are acting like grown men when they're on the sideline. They take responsibility for their actions. They eat it. They chew it up. They swallow it, and they hold it. Nobody comes around pointing fingers, doing anything, saying, hey, man, you should have did this, you should have did that. It's nothing. There's no talk on the sideline when they come off, offense or defense. They go, to the, they go to the seat, they get in the front of the TV, they listen to the coaches, they get critiqued, they find out the next game plan for when they go out there, and they execute it. And they execute right. it, and they execute it. And they did that all last night on offense and defense. You can start to see them start to have fun after, like, the third, mid-third quarter. It's a lot of joking, laughing going on on the sidelines. And, like I said, they seem like a bunch of humble young men. They don't ever get out there with the trash talk. A lot of us, we follow them on Twitter and Instagram and all that thing. We follow a lot of high school students on Instagram and Twitter. But, for right. some reason, I don't know, This they, it, they felt it to be like this was a rivalry game. We thought it was good. I thought it was going to be a tougher game than what it was until they came down on the first series and they scored. And right then and there, Pandora's box opened up, and voila, there you go, 56 to 15 at the end. And it, it's, it was just Fort D football. The excitement, the fans, all that stuff contributed to what those guys were doing on the field because there's nothing like running off the sideline after a touchdown, after an interception, after a fumble recovery, after a sack, anything, right. and looking up and seeing that your fellow students, your family, your, you know, everybody, your neighbors, everybody's up there rooting you on and cheering you on. There's no feeling like it. They didn't have it at Aston Ridge, but they sure enough had it at home yesterday at Fort Dorchester at Bagley Field. Yeah, no doubt there. Of course, we're breaking down that big game that we were at last night. It was the Southern Sports Central 
Network game of the week, and it was all Fort Dorchester from kickoff, final fourth quarter, the final zeros that hit the board there. I know uh, Coach Pratt, by the way, picking up win number 150. Let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, you were down on the sideline there, Professor, where you got a chance to see uh, it was Coach Steele, uh, one of his longtime coaches, an offensive uh, line coach who has coached some big guys. One of those is Big John, by the way, who's now playing for the Raiders. But he's coached a lot of other big right. dudes as well. But you watched him hand over that football. And you know the one thing that he told me during the coaches show last night that we filmed was, uh, you know, I, I can tell you a lot about, uh, you know, some of the wins that we got, but I can tell you a little bit more about the losses. And that shows you the signs of a really good coach, <laughs> kind of like Nick Saban, kind of like a coach, uh, I don't know, the guy up there in um, that New England Patriots jersey or at least that that shirt that sweatshirt you know those kind of coaches they don't focus on their wins they focus on the losses because that's how they're able to get better from what they were before exactly um even being first of all he when he hit that was one of the first questions i asked um hey did you know that you hit 150 you know how does it feel he said he had to go back and look at the records he's got too much going on to worry about how many wins he had, how many losses. And just like you said, he could probably tell you about a few of those losses and how they should have won and a couple of close encounters that they should have right. pulled off but didn't. So that's just him as a whole. Um, Steve LaFrad, Coach Steve LaFrad isn't much of a talker. He's all about action. He's all about letting those guys play between those pads and between the lines and, and just getting it on. So I think that recognition is awesome. I think it's it's probably justified. It's probably definitely justified, especially by the records. But with with him, it's not even a notch in the belt. It's a thought. It's a thank you. It's an appreciation. But him, I'm pretty sure he put it up somewhere, nice and safe, to where he can see it. But he just goes back to work and uh, looking forward to next week's game, and probably didn't even think about it today. Well, we're coming to you live right now at the game of the week for the South Carolina. Youth Football Association here at the Fort. That's where we are after spending about four or five hours here last night. We come back in here tonight and uh, looking for, uh, you know, uh, Coach Nas and all of his guys to coach them up. Now, they uh, dropped game one to the Low Country Golden Knights, that 8U group, 14-6. to six, And right now, they just scored. That is the Low Country Golden Knights 10U program. They now go up waiting on the sign here, see if they get it. But it is currently 18-8. to eight. 8.57 remaining, excuse me, 57 seconds. Check that, 57 seconds remaining here before we head to the halftime score. Uh, before we get back to some of the scores from last night, you know, Clinton, guys, uh, you're very familiar with not only the Fort guys here and as we are back here in the backyard, but you're also familiar with that Low Country Golden Knights. Uh, are, are you surprised, A, by the 8U score? And then talk to me a little bit about this deficit, 18 to 8, 57 seconds as the uh, Golden Knights lead the tenure program as well. Um, yeah, I'm familiar with them. That is a team that was put together. Um, it, it, you, can almost, you can almost say it was put together by accident, but I think they have a great group of guys that are over there. And if they get one or two seasons together, I don't see why they won't be turned around and running the SCYFA. Um, talent on talent on talent for the next few years is what they have. Uh, recruiting is off the chain. They always get some guys to come in. Coaching, directing is off is, is just off the hook. I think it's all about them just gelling together. 
getting through the ups and downs. And right now, it sounds like AQ is on the up. Uh, coming in there and taking over Fort Dorchester. And now the 10U going up. No, the AU I thought was going to be a better game. It sounds like it would have been a better game to me. That could have went right. either way. 10U, I think, again, either way, there's really, again, any given Saturday. I don't see Low Country Golden Knights laying down. I don't see Fort Dorchester laying down on any of the youth divisions. And it just seems like it would have been a tighter game. I'm surprised there wasn't an overtime or something in there. So I would have loved to have seen the 8U Low Country Golden Knights and what they did in order to beat Fort Dorchester. Because Fort Dorchester was definitely on a roll. Well, I saw a couple of the coaches walking off. They just looked at me and said, man, it was a lot closer to even the score we thought. And I said, well, hey, I missed it. I got here just in time to actually see this one kick off here. As a, uh, we're about a quarter in once we got here on the mic and uh, able to kind of get you guys up and running here as we're coming to you live right here in the backyard of the fort as it is the Fort Dorchester Youth Program hosting the game of the week. They've got three of them, one in the books, one halfway there, and the 12U coming up right after this. We're going to be broadcasting every play-by-play play here on the radio here tonight with you on Southern Sports Central. Uh, you know, we started to kind of look at some other things, a couple of scores around the area. Of course, uh, if you're catching up now, Thursday night was a busy night for Oceanside. They put 62 points on the board over North Charleston. North Charleston did not and has not started off very strong, unfortunately, you know, you look at what they have going on over there. They're trying to put everything together, and it isn't as easy as it looks. It was the week before that they got handled pretty heavily by uh, Hanahan, and now it's Coach Call at Oceanside. Then we check the page to Friday night. It was Berkeley. It was Wando. Berkeley takes a loss on Monday night, but they make the best out of it on a Friday night. They travel to Wando, pick up a win 35-14. to We already told you about Fort Dorchester and Goose Creek, 56-15. Next up for the Fort, they will host right here, in the Ford stalls. Back to region play they go. Somerville, how about this one now? The Green Wave take a tough loss on Friday night. Actually, Saturday morning when it was over at 1 o'clock. After the rains came in, the Green Wave came out with the Knights of Stratford. Stratford, of course, won that one. But the redemption is pretty sweet if you're a Green Wave. They won that one on Friday night over Stahl, 72-12. to 12. That's right, 72-12. to 12. That's a pretty big spread. Now we look at this matchup. Let me tell you why. West Ashley is a team that we have got to pay attention to. They've got a brand-new coach over there. They don't have any other high schools over there. It is a school along itself. They don't have two or three like you see in Dorchester. So you start to kind of look at everything. And they won last weekend against Stahl. This past weekend, last night, they went to Ashley Ridge for senior night, and boy, were they disrespectful. They took out the Swamp Foxes 41-14, and now West Ashley sitting there at 2-0. They are waiting Somerville next week. That will be our game of the week in the region. We'll be keeping an eye on that game and seeing exactly how that lays out because I got a good feeling that the winner of that game right there will possibly, well, they will be the second place. But if you ask West Ashley, they would be undefeated, so they would still be playing for first place. More to that to come. Almost. Stratford, of course, uh, Kane Bay wins this one big. And I'm going to stop here because I want you to chime in on some of these games that I've just mentioned. Now, Kane Bay, you know extremely well. You were part of the same league for Kane Bay 
just my well a few weeks ago before you decided to take your career with this in another level, and I appreciate you coming over here. But K Bay winning thirty two to ten after losing to Wando the week before. Stratford, by the way, even though they won the week before, it wasn't a region win. So it counts for bragging rights, but it doesn't help for playoff rights. Were you surprised to see the thirty two ten score against Stratford and now Stratford's 0-1? You're looking at a Kane Bay team one and one, so they're still alive for the playoffs. No, not a surprise at all. Um, I know a lot of those guys, a lot of those young kids came up in that youth division. See, it always comes back to that common denominator, all right? And we're talking about the youth and how they're raised, how they're coached, all that. So a lot of those guys came under Tommy Price, Sean McKean, who's up in Kane, who's both of them are now part of Kane Bay. One in high school and the other one in the youth program. So it'd be really no surprise because, if I'm not mistaken, a majority of those guys this year are seniors. So I think they're coming out trying to prove something. Everybody wants to come out of their senior year, you know, victorious, or at least giving everything they have and leaving it all out on the field. And I think Kane Bay, Cobras, is definitely going to be one of those teams that you just can't sleep on. I understand. Stratford is, you know, they're new and they're somewhat raw, but that's part of that youth program again, too. They came out of Tom Conley. It just so happens that when they got up to the street, there was a Y in the road. Some went left, some went right. But I tell you what, it's really competitive. So not really surprised that Kane Bay did that, but wow, it, 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 it just says something all around. You know, what What did they do to come out there and get that 32 to 10? Was it all passing? Was it all rushing? Was it sacks, interceptions? That's one of those things that you'd have to see in order for the professor to sit there and dissect it. But, right. hey, the score says it all. 32 to 10 is still 32 to 10. I don't care what you say. The numbers don't lie. Hey, I think you might want to reach out to one of those guys over there and ask them maybe to join you tomorrow night. I know you had Zoltan Osborne last Sunday. Maybe you reach out to another region. Yep over there on the other side of the interstate and, and have one of those young guys get in here because that's a pretty impressive situation because they drop one on the road to Wando in region play, right. but then they find a way. And that's what you got to do. You got to find a way to rebound. It's a character test for you. And they did just – now they sit one and one in that same region along with Wando, along with Stratford, along with Goose Creek and Berkeley. Now, remember, Goose Creek's lost Friday night doesn't cost – them anything in the region, which is how they're going to make the playoffs. This is more of a bragging right game, as you would say, the Gamecocks and the Tigers, just to kind of give you an idea there of what we're looking at. It's halftime here That's at right. the Fort, as it is all a, uh, I'd say, season, or a weekend, not only for these young Patriots, but for us here at Southern Sports Central and the network, as we've been here since yesterday, and I think we could have just camped out here last night and just walked into this press box and kept doing what we did last night. But it is 6.33 remaining here at halftime. It's an 18-8 to lead for the 10U Lowcountry Golden Knights. Uh, now we'll see what those young Fort Dorchester Patriots have in that blue bag over there, that blue lunch pail, if you will, as they're hydrating their players. They're making sure that they're up and running. It's a beautiful night, by the way, Professor, as uh, the sunset. I got a picture. I'm going to put it out on our social media here in a minute where you can see that beautiful sunset over the trees where the lights are coming down under the lights and the team's offense and defense are lined up head-to-head. 
couple scores before we get you out of here, Professor, because I know you're ready to settle in for the night. And I do appreciate all that you do, not only, of course, for, I know, Mr. Wayne, he appreciates what you do for Voice Sports, but us and our partnership with you guys in Southern Sports Central, the network, all that you were able to do today to continue to push everything that we have to offer. I think we made a few good contacts today. I think the relationships continue to grow stronger, not only between myself and you and all of us on both teams becoming one, but in the community. I mean, you're seeing it, we're hearing it, and you and I sitting at that table today was proof that people are starting to hear that that NWO of sports radio is a reality. Oh, yeah, most definitely. They, I think they it's, – it's like anything else, Richie. When it's new and nobody knows about it, nobody really wants to touch it. They don't want to play with it. Until you see somebody else pick that toy up, and they start playing with it, and they're enjoying it, and they're liking it, and everybody else is seeing them enjoy it. Now everybody wants to play with that toy. We're, we're going to be that toy. Okay, that, that's just bottom line. Youth sports, the SCYFA in particular, they right. need us just like we need them. Because without them, we have no job. We have nothing to speak on. So let's just help each other out, boost each other up, and, and put the word out there, let everybody know that. We are for the community, by the community. We can do this. We can do this, and they'll be right there behind us. I guarantee it. No doubt about it. Let's go back to the Southern Sports Central Network scoreboard from last night. We'll start back with off Bishop England after a loss to Oceanside last week. They went to Academic Magnet. I believe they actually play at Danny Jones, if I'm not mistaken. They actually, when they made, yeah, they had to play at Danny Jones because uh, I know that field was tied up last night with uh, Somerville and uh, the team around the corner. That being said, back to this, Bishop England wins 41-10. to 10. Buford, James Island, those bad boys at Buford, they got some ballers like Eamon Smalls and uh, Mr. Dick the pass. And, boy, they did everything they could imagine. 48-6, to 6, big win for Buford. Hanahan still rolling as they won big the week before. Courts Art, Leaf Timberland, he's now enjoying the likes of Hanahan running that ship in the right direction. They win over Battery Creek, 36 to nothing. Timberland, we just mentioned them. They got a new coach over there, but they still rolling through the schedule. They win 30 to nothing over Burke. That does Hill, 26. Cross, 20. And not one, not two, but three overtimes. That one, I got to be honest. We'll stop there real quick. I can tell you, I know Coach Sean extremely well. He's a big-time guest and a big-time coach here on this show. He does a phenomenal job in the, I'd say, community football program and anybody that crosses his path. But, man, to see that loss to Baptist Hill, 26-20, to 20, I can imagine it was at cross, by the way, three overtimes. You got your money's worth there, Professor. Oh, I'm pretty sure. Those guys like battling. A lot of them, you know, I think about the low country, and when it comes to the high school league, you know, everybody's pretty much homegrown. Right, and by when you say that, everybody knows everybody. So you kind of know, you think you know what to expect. So then you have some coaches that come out there and put a squad together that'll just destroy you just as soon as look at you. So it's really not surprising that the low country is doing what they're doing and that the high school football game is where it is. That's a very true statement here. We've got a few more games here to kind of touch on. How about Phillip Simmons, 43 to eight. They went over Lake Mary, and I think, I know, actually, brand new school over there on the side where you got Wando 
And you got a few other schools like Oceanside, but they are for the first time. Phillip Simmons is 2-0 and in a short history, but have already started off on the right path. Phillip Simmons, 43-8, to whenever Lake Area. Military Magnet, how about this one? They win big, 52 to nothing over Well Branch. Man, I got to tell you, if there was an upset on the map, it would definitely be Military Magnet. I don't know what they told them, what they fed them, what they did on Thursday or Wednesday or Tuesday or Monday, but I hope they hit the repeat button because I never thought that they would beat Well Branch. And I'm not saying that uh, Military Magnet is not good. They just got some dogs that like to hunt down there in Well Branch. This is a team that made it deep in the playoffs last year, so you never – underestimate the competition. Hilton Head at Collinson County was postponed, and uh, Charleston uh, Charter at St. John's also was postponed. I got to say, Professor, uh, looking forward to another great show from you tomorrow night. Kind of give our listeners, before we kind of cut you loose, I guess, here, and uh, talk a little bit. Unless you got some time, you can more than welcome to hang out. We'll talk to college football next, but what's on the docket for tomorrow? What's on that menu, buddy? Tomorrow's definitely is going to be a very, very interesting day. Tomorrow's message, or shall I say topic of the day, is social media. So we know what's going on nowadays as far as social media taking over, what they've been doing, the stuff that's been happening. But does it affect the game? Does it affect the player uh, in a whole? We're kind of going to look at, we're going to look at a, a few things and get a few uh, – insights, shall we say, from some of these players, from some of these coaches, hopefully, and uh, get some ADs to chime in and see if they've been going through the same thing that we've actually been seeing as far as social media and if it's affecting those guys at all. Uh, I believe I have a couple a couple uh, interviews lined up. I know Wayne might be calling in from Voice Sports to chatter in on that because he's very – very much into uh, the social media side, uh, side of it, excuse me, side of it when it comes to football players and or coaches. So I think we're going to have one heck of a show tomorrow from 6 to 9. Everybody's definitely more than welcome to call in, chime in, and see what's going on. We, uh, we welcome everybody into the lab. And it's never, 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 never do we just go one-sided. We're out for everybody. Yeah, that's exactly right. You can hear it right here on the network. Of course, the professor with Voice Sports. You guys see him down there in around all the fields on the South Carolina Youth Football Associations. Today, he was down there at Danny Jones. You can hear the 12U guys walking down the track. That means uh, it's only moments before they get to see the field as we're getting ready to get to the third quarter here on the field. An update here, nine minutes is on the clock. 18-8 is the score, and it's right now the Low Country Golden Knights 10U program with the lead. Uh, when we come back, we'll be talking some college football before we get into our game of the week. As uh, Jay Williams has given us the instructions to land right here in a yard that we're very familiar with at the fort. Uh, Professor, I'm going to go to break. Text me and let me know if you want to hang out here, talk some college football. Got some great scores, got some upsets and all of that, but we'll take a break, brother. We'll be right back. You're listening right here to the South Carolina Youth Football Association's Game of the Week on Southern Sports Central. Don't go anywhere. Wolfpack is back over, man. 
Hey, welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Elman here live at the game of the week for the South Carolina Youth Football Association here at the Fort. Fort Worcester is uh, hosting our game of the week. Earlier, just moments, about 30 to 45 minutes ago, uh, the eight you guys wrapped it up, and it was a low country golden night kind of game as they won 14 to 6 over the Patriots. Uh, right now, currently, we're with uh, 650 and counting it down. It's an 18 to 8 lead for the 10 U. Golden Knights here in the third quarter. Uh, great action all across the state here today in this league. They've got multiple uh, regions doing multiple things. And, of course, uh, the commissioner, Jay Williams, uh, he is, of course, have us in certain places on Saturday night. We're giving it to you under the lights here in a beautiful crowd. Uh, across the way is where the Golden Knights are located. They've got their fans. They've got a few tents. And they've got a ton of support on that side. Now, on this side, well, you can find the Patriots. This fan base is here ready to rock and roll, and uh, they are lined up across the track and also up in the stands. And, uh, concession stands is up and rolling, and it looks like it's been a successful early evening here at the Fort. Earlier today, Voice Sports and Southern Sports Central was hanging out at Danny Jones where we saw multiple teams play and uh, started off in the early series, and that was – the Somerville Swamp Foxes, the Ashley Ridge program hosting. I believe they were the hosting team. No, nope, maybe not. They were on the other side, so they might have been the away team. And their home team was West Ashley, so that makes sense. West Ashley, one of the new programs here in this league. They uh, come in, and they've had some pretty good luck, but haven't seen probably some of the styles and, and some of the players and some of that, uh, I would say, top-notch playing from 
offense to defense and even special teams doing special things with the onside kick has become the biggest trick play in this league. And if I was a coach, I would definitely spend some time in that area alone. Quite frankly, if I was a coach in any level, I mean, the Atlanta Falcons actually were beaten a couple of weeks ago with that play. And I've actually seen it happen uh, on a few high school levels as well. So, you know, special teams can definitely win and lose the ball game for you. That being said, it was an all Ashley Ridge sweep this early part in the morning over Danny Jones. Then in the second part of the games, it was the Raiders. And the Raiders were hosting a team out of Columbia. And it was all Raiders all day long. Another new program who has come into the South Carolina Youth Football Association League comes down from 378 in that lower Richland area and uh, get some experience, got some exposure. But uh, I got to tell you, first of all, uh, the individuals that run that program, we had a chance to put them on an interview. They did a great job really breaking down their, I would say, focus, their mission statement, and their direction that they're looking to do. And they're doing it the right way, and they travel in style. Ladies and gentlemen, they put up on a white charter bus as if they were going on a long ride down to Disney World. And uh, talked about, you know, the breakdown. You know, for you parents who may be listening back wherever you are, maybe you're here at the stadium, you know, there is a lot more to it than just showing up, all right? Very similar to many roles in life. But these owners and the directors and the commissioners, you know, they don't just get to just show up and say, okay, let's go play us some football. No, they've got to do a preparation, a lot of paperwork, a lot of fundraising, a lot of, uh, I would say, networking. And uh, that young group over there, they have done, a great job at doing all of that over there on that 378 corridor up in Columbia, your Garner's Ferry Road. Here tonight, we are, of course, uh, getting ready to give you the game of the week. It is going to be the 12U Fort Dorchester Patriots hosting the 12U Low Country Golden Knights. But we are currently 18-8 to 8 with 434 remaining here in the third quarter. It is a Golden Knight night here at the Fort. They won in the 8U. They're with the lead here in the 10U. Said it early, we'd get into some college scores here. Of course, uh, looking at the top 25 and uh, kind of see where we stand on uh, a handful of things. Uh, just now getting underway is Auburn and Georgia. We'll keep an eye on that game. That, of course, number seven, Auburn, number four, Georgia. It is in between the hedges. It is a very big game in multiple ways because of not only inside the SEC, but also for rivalry conversations as well. Also just getting underway is Tulsa and UCF, Arkansas, and Mississippi State, LSU, and Vanderbilt also kicking it off just moments ago. Some finals throughout today, Alabama. How about this one? Now, I actually thought Texas A&M was going to have a pretty good season. I thought they would have all the weapons they needed. They had that coach they got from Florida State. He finally got the weapons that he needed. But evidently, something's not clicking over there in College Station, or at least this time it was clicking just right in Tuscaloosa. Alabama wins it big, 52 24, the number two team in the country, takes out the number 13 team in the land. Florida, ranked number three, they took out the Gamecocks 38, 38, 24. Now, the Gamecocks at one point had a 14-14 tie, but that was about the end of that. It was in the swamp, and uh, without doubt, it was all Florida by the end of the afternoon as they will now improve their record. Texas, this was an upset. Texas, the number nine team in the country, loses to TCU at home. So that one, of course, will drop down the Longhorns. We'll see where they finalize their droppings. North Carolina, the ACC, the number 12 team in the country, they win 26-22. 
And it's a South Florida-Cincinnati matchup earlier today that we thought maybe South Florida would have something in the tank. Of course, you know Jeff Scott's the new head coach there. He was formerly a coach over at Clemson. Not enough, maybe on certain levels, but it was all Cincinnati. 28-7 to was the final. Oklahoma State, the 17th-ranked team in the country. The Cowboys took down Kansas. Kansas, I think, now falls to 0-3. And, and you got to wonder how much time does Les Miles have on the clock. He's got to be on a very hot seat over there in Kansas. Tennessee wins big after beating the Gamecocks last weekend. They improved to 2-0 in the SEC East. They take out Missouri 35-12. Looking at that game, i got to tell you, 21 ranking is going to be a lot higher come tomorrow and Monday. We'll wait and see how that game kind of plays itself out. Then you got NC State. The pack is back. How about this? Knocking out the 24th-ranked Pittsburgh. I got to tell you, not a doubt in my mind that I see that coming because NC State has been a team that we have always said maybe. No, not this year. Oh, wait, wait. Not this year. But it seems like that win right there will knock out Pitt. It will propel NC State. Not saying they're in the top 25, but definitely a 30-29 road win looks pretty good for the pack. Memphis, another top 25 team in the country. They are knocked out as well. They are knocked out by SMU at SMU, 30-27. to Game also just getting ready to kick off. Number 18, Oklahoma and Iowa. We'll see how this one works out. It is, a, of course, all zeros on the board coming up at 8 o'clock. In about 14 minutes, the Clemson Tigers, they are home. They're the number one team in the country. They will be kicking off at 8 o'clock against Virginia. And another final just happening now, BYU knocking out La Tech. That's Louisiana Tech, 45-14. to 14. Guys, we'll take a break, but we did have a score in between some of the scores here that we broke down, and it was four. You guys put some points on the board, and they only trail by four. It's an 18-14 lead for the 10U Low Country Golden Knights, guys, with about two minutes and 49 seconds. We'll be right back. You're listening to the South Carolina Youth Football Association Game of the Week. Coming up after this, it will be the 12U Fort Dorchester Patriots taking on the 12U Low Country Golden Knights. Guys, don't go anywhere. The truth can hurt you, or the truth can change you. What will truth do to you? I just want to be happy, but if I keep on doing the thing. That keep on bringing me pain There's no one else I can blame If I'm not happy Wasted time but now I can see The biggest enemy it was me So I'm not happy Cry yourself to sleep Shout and raise your hand It won't change a thing child Until you understand Preach If you're Get yourself and say, Don't you wanna be happy? Yeah. I just wanna be happy. 
back everybody i'm rich Elman here alongside well uh everybody that's at this football game here tonight at the south carolina youth football association game of the week here at the fort well i tell you we feels like a well because we have the production team uh that broadcasts the tv game for the fort dorchester patriots on fd sports tv we showed up about five o'clock yesterday finally got out of here about 11:30 after i did the coaches show and uh, then uh, was able to get up this morning. Well, I definitely felt 42 when I got out of bed this morning and headed over to Danny Jones where I got to see uh, six different teams, or uh, actually 12 different teams, six different games. And uh, it was uh, a, a, an opportunity. I met so many more amazing folks that could come out here, so many families that cross our path between uh, the network of guys that do what we do here. And, of course, uh, Jay Williams and all of his coaches and his commissioners and just everybody who – 
embedded into this program known as the South Carolina Youth Football Association has done an incredible job welcoming us here uh, and being a part of this uh, amazing opportunity. We get to come out here. Here it is on a Saturday night in the backyard. It is the backyard. It's not at the main stadium. It's at the stadium behind the field behind the stadium. So I call it the backyard in the fort. It's 130 and counting it down. 24 after a big-time score from the Low Country Golden Knights 10U team to 14 of the fort. Here's a handoff up the middle, and he may be going to the race. He's still on his feet. Let's get this one live, and he's going to be pulled in looking for a hand. Nope, he's going to be just short there. That's kind of a bonus for you. As you know, we're going to wait here and uh, broadcast the 12U game. That is our game of the week, the final game of the night in the nightcap of all of these festivities because, again, this is not only a low country league. This is a Midland League, a uh, the upper part of the upstate league, and uh, these guys and girls as coaches uh, that do an incredible job not only teaching these guys and some girls out here, by the way, the game of football. They're teaching them the quality of life, and it's such a major role not only for what these young men and women are going to do in sports, but what they're going to do in their future, what they're going to do in their homes where they go back to their parents and you know they'll remember that coach telling them listen discipline is everything in anything that you do in life and when you hear that slogan you hear that phrase you got to understand it's something that you learn in sports that you really kind of never get away from or at least I know I don't you know it's something that I know that I've uh, 99.999 have always gone to my athletic lifestyle to be successful you know, I have a chance to, to watch uh, even here in this press box now. I'm in here with one of our coaches, son, who's videotaping this game. But I've watched this young man ball out. I watched him pile drive a guy in the chest as a linebacker. And not once, but I think three different occasions against Ashley Ridge. So, again, knowing what he learns at home, seeing what he deals with in the, out here in the, in the, in the football game, you, you, you kind of expect it. Quick score there by the 10U team as we're giving you a little bit of that appetizer for what's coming up here after this game. With two seconds left, it is a 20-24 to 24 separation, and it's the 10U Lowcountry Golden Knights with the lead over the 10U team and the host team, Fort Dorchester Patriots. A couple of updates happening around. We gave you the rundown of all the scores from last night, even gave you some from earlier today. Still scoreless in Auburn as Georgia host Auburn, excuse me, 1157 remaining there in that game. That one's going to be one that I think we'll all kind of keep our eye on, uh, you know, how this one works out. Uh, of course, a uh, lot on the line out of the SEC, a lot on the line when it comes down to it. It's the number seven Auburn, number four Georgia. Can Kirby Smart take out Gus Malzahn? And what happens if? And that means it for any other team. If Auburn wins, what if? What does that mean? Does that propel them into the top five? If Georgia finds a way to win, where does that put them? Does that move Kirby Smart and the dogs up a little bit? We'll wait and see when it's all said and done. Tulsa is now trailing Central Florida. It is at Central Florida. That is actually the largest university in the country. Kind of surprising to some, but not to everybody who knows the geographics of uh, Orlando. That's where you find UCF, ranked number 11 in the country at 7 to nothing lead over Tulsa. And you wonder if they do go undefeated. Do they finally get that invitation to the Final Four? Do they finally get that opportunity to represent the American Conference and play for 
a national championship instead of just getting a cake made at Publix and it saying, congratulations, you're national champs? We'll find out. The shocking, and it is early because it's only 10 minutes into the first quarter, but Arkansas on the road at number 16, Mississippi State, who did, by the way, go in and destroy LSU in record style, is trailing Arkansas. It's a 7 nothing lead. Arkansas over the number 16th team in the country in Starsville. 838 remaining there in the first. LSU scoreless against Vanderbilt. They are in Vandyland. 0-0 the score there. LSU is ranked 20th in the country. Again, after taking that abysmal loss at home to the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Oklahoma, the 18th ranked team in the land. They are up 3 nothing. They are on the road at Iowa State. That is Big 12 competition at its best. So we're going to kind of keep you up to date there. Don't forget, in about three minutes, Clemson will kick off there in the Valley. They are the number one team in the country. They are a 2-0 team hosting a, well, could be a threat. We'll see what Virginia brings to the table. Remember, Virginia was hit by COVID, so they've only got one game under the belt. The first game was... I believe supposed to go NC State in them, and they had to postpone that game, so that game didn't happen. Here you go now. They will be in the Valley in a tough task with only one game under their belt, under their belt, but it was Wake Forest. It was the Citadel, and then they had a bye weekend. So uh, I, I think actually Virginia ended up with two postponements in their game. 22-24, and this is a – Closest, I think, since they kicked it off, that the Fort 12U team has uh, been this close to the 12U team out of the Low Country Golden Knights. I think they're out of the Latson area. And that will do it for the end of the third quarter. We'll head to the fourth quarter. We'll get you up to date as we're going to continue rolling here. We'll take another break. Again, just prematurely get you ready for what is coming around the corner. That is our game of the week with the 12U host team. That is the Fort Dorchester Patriots and the 12U team they brought in from Lance, and that's the Lowcountry Golden Knights, guys. Don't go anywhere. More of this amazing South Carolina U football conversation. Let's give you some of that Sunday best, and we come back, we'll, uh, we'll talk about all that's coming up, guys. Don't go anywhere. I got the horses in the back, horse stock is attached, head is mad at black, got the bushes black to match, riding on a horse, ha, you can whip your porch, I've been in the valley, you ain't been up off that porch, now can't nobody tell me
like a rock star Spend a lot of money on my brand new guitar Baby's got a habit, diamond rings and Fendi sports bras Riding down Rodeo in my Maserati sports car Got no stress, I've been through all that I'm like a Marlboro man, so I keep going back Wish I could roll on back to that old town And welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Elman here on the night of our preview game of the week for the South Carolina Youth Football Association. A big night in big-time score. It looks like if they get it, they got it. Just like that, they put another six on the board, and that is the 10U Low Country Golden Knights out of Ladson. Boy, I tell you what, he broke down that sideline. And, again, this is uh, kind of a little bit of an appetizer for our game of the week coming up next. It is the 12U Patriots and the 12U Golden Knights will be uh, right here play-by-play and action-by-action as we'll keep you ready to rock and roll here. want to thank Jay Williams and Mr. Nines who uh, brings us into the fort here tonight. Of course, this is a home for me throughout most of the week, being the fact that I get to be the voice of the play-by-play here for the Patriots. Good times, as always, here at 6.56 remaining here in the fourth quarter. It's a 30-22 lead for the 10U Golden Knights. Waiting on the extra two points if they get it in. We'll kind of give you an update here in just a minute. See what happens. There's the snap, the rollout, and it's not going to happen today. So it's an eight-point lead now for the Low Country Golden Knights. As, uh, they try to come in here, and uh, they're looking for win number two, as they did win in the 8U battle, 14-6. to six. And what I understood was a very... Very good matchup between a uh, – well, we got some jarring going back and forth and a flag being thrown. We'll wait and see uh, if the referees kind of talk about that a little bit here. But uh, you, you kind of start to kind of look around. You try to see, you know, all these uh, fans that are here. Again, a great group of uh, you know, men and women and the children are out of the house and out and about. They're socializing here tonight and uh, doing it socially distanced. I even see somebody that looks like they're in a pot. Uh, an interesting thing. Not even sure where you get this thing from. It looks like if you guys that are a little bit older may remember a uh, bed tent, right? It's a tent that goes over the bed and it's got that whole cars and, and they, they look like different things. But this thing is a capsule looking thing. It's got plastic on the side, I guess plastic on the front, and they uh, enter it through the backside. Almost kind of looks like they're going through, if uh, for colleges, it would be the transfer portal. But uh, again, the safety measures are, are never something to to joke at here when you're coming through and you're seeing a lot of this stuff affecting many at many different levels, but it's been a good night. Uh, last night here at the fort, uh, I was able to bring you the game along with Eddie Tilly in the broadcast booth down the field was the man you heard at the beginning of the broadcast. And that of course is that professor Clinton Robinson senior. And uh, again, he gets the sideline duties. Eddie and I get to do it up there, giving you the game by game play by play in the, Press box, as we'll be doing it again this coming Friday, right there on FD Sports TV. Airtime is seven o'clock for pregame. 
and 7.30 for the kickoff. Should be another good one for the fourth. They're going to take on a team. Uh, of course, uh, Stahl has not, you know, uh, they, they've not had it their way as they opened up in a tough loss in the opening part of the game one a week ago in region play. They dropped that one to West Ashley. They lose this past weekend to Somerville, so they pretty much are not looking to be in the playoffs. And, again, you know, uh, just playing through the season, playing with a vision and just playing to get better every game because you never really know. You never know. I don't think anybody is officially eliminated yet, but definitely they got their work cut out as they'll come in here to the fort on a beautiful, hopefully, Friday night as it was an incredible Friday night uh, this past Friday, you know, comparatively to what we saw the week before where we were over there at Ashley Ridge. We took all the buses which, by the way, the players from the fort never got off of. And uh, the kids from the Ridge, they hung out there in the, the locker rooms. You know, when I'm out here and I'm out looking around, uh, it, it would go – well, it can't go without talking about Coach Skip Parker. Uh, Coach Skip, of course, was a big, huge contributor factor, not only in the high school levels, during multiple sports, basketball, football, and, you know, his love was wrestling. Football here in this type of league as well. You know, he's one of those guys that we, you know, remember him very well. You know, I actually uh, attended the same church with him when he was down here walking with us. And, uh, you know, I always enjoyed those amazing Sunday morning conversations. We were trying to solve every problem in the world. We thought we had it figured out. We would go into service. We'd come out of service and realize that, well, we don't have it figured out. We still got some work cut out. and We'd get back to the drawing boards. Our hearts and thoughts and prayers with everybody. Long live Coach Skip on the back of all the helmets of the B-team JV and varsity players over there at the fort. Of course, uh, you know, we had another coach, uh, excuse me, a player that we remembered, uh, Mr. Amari President. He was a young man that uh, lost his life about a month before the season kicked off. And uh, to be honest with you, another huge, huge hit there to that team that was already facing – a new coach already facing the likes of COVID. You know, there was a lot of conversations, uh, you know, throughout. And, by the way, you get a brand-new coach in there to do all of that. And, uh, you know, I got to tell you, I, I think he's done a great job. You know, I think he's uh, really put together um, some some great teams uh, on the V team, on the JV, and as well on the varsity level. And, uh, you know, you can see – all of these coaches, even our, even the coach here at Fort, you know, you see Coach Steve LaPratt where he, uh, you know, is at every event. You know, these coaches that, that really don't just show up at football events, they show up at the, at the band meets, they show up at the track meets, they show up at the basketball, the softball, they show up at everything that has their logo on it, speaks volumes. Here's a big run by a little running back here, and he's going to get around the side and down the sideline, but he's knocked out of bounds, but not before he gets a first down and moves the chains. Kind of an appetizer here. Give you the score here on the 10U game. It's currently a 30-22 to 22 lead for the 10U Low Country Golden Knights. 435 remaining over the 10U Fort Rochester Patriots. Continuing to uh, get you up to date and get you ready here. We'll take another quick break. We'll come back, and we're not too far away from a kickoff from our game of the week. And Our 12U guys are ready to get it on here in just a few guys don't go anywhere more pregame of the south carolina youth football association coming up next 
Got a call from a friend about a friend It's some news no one ever wants to hear It hit me like a punch and took my breath He was just getting into his best years Yes, something like that'll shake you up Wake you up So I stopped off at a Texaco Bought a Slim Jim and a Coke Walked out by the water Just to watch that river flow Grabbed my guitar from the backseat Wrote a song just for me I sung it for the blue sky And a couple of old trees I thought of home Grabbed my phone from my pocket I called Mama It rang a couple times and she picked up I can always hear her smile when I call I just called to tell you Missing you and dad and home, that's all I got to really thinking this morning About what's important So I stopped off at a Texaco Bought a Slim Jim and a coat Walked out by the water Just to watch that river flow Grabbed my guitar from the backseat Wrote a song just for me for the blue sky and the couple live old trees I thought of home grabbed my phone from my pocket I called mama Welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Elman here coming to you live from our South Carolina Youth Football Association Game of the Week. We are here at the fort as uh, this uh, Patriot organization has welcomed in the Lowcountry Golden Knights, I believe out of the Latson area. That's not too far away from this actual location as we are here. So I'm going to imagine there's some some cool storylines of some family members, possibly uh, some kids that probably have played together on teams as there's always that storyline in young, young football, uh, not only at high school level, what we used to know as the B teams, uh, you know, of course, uh, are still here, but used to have that middle school organization. So, you know, you start to kind of look at it. And, of course, um, here in just moments, we will um, 
We'll get underway here, and we'll have the 12U game coming up in about three minutes. We're just under three minutes with a 22-30 to 30 lead. The Low Country Golden Knights 10U team with the lead here as we're getting ready to wrap this one up as they have the lead over the 10U Fort Dorchester Patriot team. Got a little longer pregame, and here's kind of how it works. We calculate 7.30 was the kickoff. And I'm going to learn that sometimes that's a 30-minute delay there. As of right now, we're about 45 minutes from that. But it has been a great night for football here as the temperatures are just right for football. The humidity is gone. The air is just right. And it is a perfect night for football here at the Ford. It's last night. Big night for the Patriots here for the big team. The big boys, if you call them there, they won big last night. They hosted the seventh team in the state, the Goose Creek Gators. They won at 56-15. As of yesterday, going into that game, it was the number four Patriots going into the seventh-ranked Goose Creek Gators, and it was a big night for, for many of those. Zoltan Osborne, uh, to me, I thought grew a little bit more last night as he ends up throwing 14-20. 200, or excuse me, 332 yards, three touchdowns, and he got one on his legs as well. Top running back of the night last night for the Fort was uh, number 23, Mr. Wright, as he went 23 carries for 138 yards and three touchdowns. Leading receiver last night. We're going to look at this one closely, make sure I get this one. This is going to be O.J. Washington. Five catches, 147 yards, and a touchdown, but don't think about that because they've got three other receivers, Jalen Best, Desisher, and McKelvey all with touchdowns as well. So they've got a very good nucleus of young men that kind of really balance out that offense as good as I've seen an offense in a long time. And, you know, they, they don't have that guy. They got a bunch of those guys. And what I mean by that is they got those guys who are able to really make a play happen. And, uh, you know, when you got, you know, the running backs back there, and of course I call it thunder and lightning, and uh, that would be Jalen Best when he's back there. And, and, of course, Mr. Wright's back there. That gives you that one-two punch, and you don't have a, a really big idea whether or not, um, you know, uh, whether or not it was uh, one or the other. And Jalen Best has done an incredible job playing that athletic role on this team. He's a wide receiver. He's a great blocker. He's a great runner. And last night I thought he caught one of the best passes on the night in between multiple and I mean multiple defenders. But as much as I give him credit for catching the in between two defenders, how about Zoltan Osborne threading some needles last night multiple times throughout the night. But a guy that I think is kind of coming into his own as a senior, and, and I think this is a guy that we're maybe we, – we, we knew if you're a Fort Rochester Patriot on a Friday night. But others are starting to find out that O.J. Washington, this guy is very – he's 5'11", maybe about 185 pounds, but he's able to really extend – the opportunity, play after play. And, of course, uh, hey, Meech, Mr. Meechius McKelvey, he's another guy who can really do some of the things he needs to do as well. That's one of the things that we do when we're on location at some of these feeder programs. We want to highlight the players. We want to highlight the players that are here on the um, on the varsity level. And, of course, you know that's what we're doing here tonight is we're, we're talking it up here on a big-time matchup uh, as uh, – Looks like it was a turnover on downs, and that's going to give the ball back to that 10-U team, the Golden Knights, as we've got about 2.52 remaining. And usually, which is weird, in the fourth quarter, two minutes and 52 seconds, usually 
is the uh, the longest stretch of any game that you'll cover on a radio. It seems like it turns from two minutes to two hours. Get you some updates on the country as we're wrapping up our South Carolina Youth Football Association pregame show. I want to thank all of our listeners out here that are following us and following this league as we continue to get you educated and up-to-date around all that's happening around the league here on this beautiful night. And, again, you start looking at uh, football and, and, and what's going on. And, of course, uh, we do have an update in Georgia and Athens. It is a 7 nothing lead. The Georgia Bulldogs with the lead 7 nothing with 4.03 remaining in the first quarter. It is fourth and goal. Auburn had, excuse me, on Auburn's four. So uh, we'll wait and see. And they, just like that, updated. And they must have uh, went for the field goal. So it's now 10 nothing Georgia. The dogs are up on the Tigers over in Athens. Another update on Tulsa and UCF is all UCF as they have the lead 16 to nothing. That is in uh, the first quarter, 6-10 remaining there. Mississippi, Arkansas, all tied up with 18 seconds remaining in the first quarter, 7-7. All right, Oklahoma, the number 18th team in the country, they are leading 10 to 3 over Iowa State. LSU has found a way to get a lead here. They are now up 7 to nothing as uh, they lead Vanderbilt, the 20th team in the country, a 7 nothing lead at the end of the verse. And we are underway in Death Valley. Clemson with the lead 3 to nothing right now, the number 1 team in the country in the first quarter. 10:40 remaining as Virginia's ball, they are it looks like second and 10 on the Clemson 43. And, again, it's been a great night for football. It's been a great day for football. We've had youth football all day long here around the state of South Carolina, thanks to the South Carolina Youth Football Association. And, uh, of course, uh, we've also been blessed to have multiple guys covered. When we get back here in about just around two minutes, we'll have our game of the week. Our game of the week is going to be that 12-U team of the Fort Dorchester Patriots. They are the host team here this weekend. And, again, that game usually starts later in the evening. That does give the opportunity for some of the other coaches and players and fans to come over and kind of hang out all together and enjoy some good Saturday night football. We're very excited when uh, January, July, it's about July, maybe late June, when uh, the commissioner and I on the radio – had an idea. He was talking about it. We liked it. We said, why not put these young athletes on the radio and give them some opportunities to shine? 214 remaining here. It is a 30 to 22 lead for the Golden Knights. Of course, they're coming to you, the Low Country Golden Knights out of Latson. Looking for their second win here tonight. We'll take another break here in just a few minutes, and that should be one of our final breaks before. We finally get into the big game tonight. Of course, uh, looking forward to finally calling us another game here. We'll take a break. You're listening to the South Carolina Youth Football Association Game of the Week coming to you from the fort right here on Southern Sports Central. Guys, don't go anywhere.
And welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Ellen here live at the Ford here for our game of the week in the South Carolina Youth Football Association. 29 seconds remains here in this final game. And I got to tell you, it is going to be finally our kickoff to our game of the week, which is going to be, which is going to be the 12 U guys kicking off here in just seconds. That's going to be the Low Country Golden Knights out of Latson. And the host team here tonight is going to be the Fort Dorchester 12U Patriots. So we'll get into it here in just a few as uh, waiting to see how we're going to get this one going. There's a little bit of adjustments here. We'll kind of give you a little bit of free football here. Quick snap. They're going to sling it across and wide open. It's going in the end zone. Touchdown, Patriots. Touchdown, KDU. Is they going to now take this one? We'll wait and see what we got. They're calling it a touchdown. We'll wait and see what we got here. And now that should make it 26, 28, excuse me, check that, 28 to 30. 24 seconds remaining here in our, I guess, appetizer, if you will. This is normal. This is what we do here. The excitement here in the stands, you can hear it. Great call there by the offensive coordinator. Is he, he evidently they had plenty of time because it was about a minute and a half of a timeout, very lengthy timeout, unusual timeout here. But uh, they dialed it up just right. Don't know if they drew it up in the grass over there. Don't know if they put it on a board. Don't know if it was one of those in the back pocket. Here's the run up the middle, looking for the sign. No good, and that right there should seal the deal. And he wasn't able to get in. Great stand up there by the. 10U Low Country Golden Knights, and it looks like they're going to hold on to the lead. We'll wait and see if this onside kick coming is uh, going to do anything different. But as of right now, the lead is 30 to 28, and the lead right now is going to that 10U Low Country Golden Knights. We'll wait for the onside kick, and you know it's coming. So let's just give you some free football. We'll uh, practice a little bit what you're going to hear for the next hour and a half after this. So it's been Three hours of broadcast, and I was curious. I was curious when I was setting up this show whether or not we'd give you three hours of football, and thanks to, uh, well, the football gods, we're giving it to you for three solid hours. Don't forget, tomorrow night at 6 o'clock in the evening, you can hear the professor. He, of course, is uh, Clinton Robinson Sr., part of the Voice Sports organization that's partnered with us about a month ago. He'll have his show from 6 to 9 in the lab. You want to check him out. He's going to talk a lot about social media. He'll talk about the scores from today. He'll have a lot to cover. He'll be taking phone calls. I mean, it's going to be a jam-packed show that you want to make sure that you get into. We'll see how this works out. Of course, uh, football, I tell you what, man, we are excited as uh, we are brought in the third day of October in style across the state of South Carolina. We tell these young kids all the time, there's a lot of kids that ain't playing football right now, but you aren't one of them. 24 seconds remains here in the appetizer before we get to the main event, and it's going to be a gonna be a big one. We'll wait and see how it's going to work out. Excited to bring it to you here. As uh, the teams are stretched out, if you're, uh, of course, following us here, wait and see what we got. Here tonight, as we uh, wait for this onside kick here in just a few, we will take one more break before we start tonight's action. 
And again, you start to kind of see some of this stuff here. They're going to line them up. The referees are going to scoot back the players on the sideline. A lot of protocol is going to happen at this point. Waiting to see how this thing's going to work out. And all the guys are lining up, and they're putting them on the sides. Onside kick is going to be pending. This right here is for the uh, for the second game tonight. Waiting here for the kick. Onside definitely is going to be the conversation here in just a minute. 24 seconds remaining. It's a 28 to 30. Nope. There's the whistle blown. Let's see what that means here as we uh, get ready for uh, the referees here just to talk to us a little bit, kind of give us an idea of what they think is going to happen, what's going to be the case. Start to kind of put things around here on the broadcast. want to thank everybody for listening here tonight. Don't forget, coming up after this, it will be our main event, our main game, if you will. It'll be the 12 of you guys getting after it here in just a few minutes. So don't go anywhere. Got a lot more football to talk about. We're going to cover it here in just a minute. Excited here to be in the uh, press box once again. I tell you what, we get excited to do these things that we do, whether it be under the lights on a Friday night or hanging out here on a Saturday showdown. As uh, They're going to try it one more time. There's the boot. Let's see if it goes enough. And it didn't. So they're going to get another flag, and that one will scoot it back one more time, and we'll see if that kind of puts it into the uh, to the bag there. Big night of action here around the state of South Carolina for, of course, the South Carolina Youth Football Association. Waiting to find out, of course, uh, who's going to win that big matchup here in a few minutes when they'll finally kick this uh, big grand finale off here in just moments. Waiting to see, of course, everybody lining it up and squaring away. We'll wait and see kind of how it is here in just a minute. Got some updates we'll give you from the college ranks as well. But uh, we'll wait to see kind of how this thing is going to play itself out across the board and uh, again this should probably do it here that of course is going to spot the ball into Fort Dorchester's territory they should just knee on this one with 24 seconds that should be a final we'll take like I said we'll take a a small break we'll come back and we'll kind of get you ready for what is going to be a big time matchup start that clock at 16 seconds in the final tick tock as the clock moves, and it looks like this will be two for the Low Country Golden Knights as they come in here in the backyard, as we call it, the fourth, and take game number two away from the 10U Patriots. I give a round of applause to all those who participated in this event. This one was a good one. 28-30, the final. We'll take one more final break. And when we come back, we'll uh, well we'll get out of football here. You're listening to the game of the week. It's brought to you by the South Carolina Youth Football Association right here on Southern Sports Central. Don't go anywhere.
And welcome, everybody. It is finally here, the game of the week, right here on Southern Sports Central. I'm Rachel Alvin. It is going to be brought to you by our friends over at the South Carolina Youth Football Association. And it is going to be the third and final game here tonight, but it is our main event as the bells have been ringing and the challenge has been accepted by not one but both teams. And, of course, the visiting team, the Low Country Golden Knights. Of you guys look pretty tall. They're wearing the all-black jerseys, the red numbers, and, of course, those black helmets. Here comes the kick. Toe meets leather, and it's going to be fielded at the 30. He'll take it across to the 35, and now he gets to the 40. He's got another McGreen grass. Finds a crease across the 35 to the 25. He's hitting the 20. Does he have enough room to get into the end zone? Is it a kick? It is a return of about 70 yards in just like that, ladies and gentlemen. You can put six on the board, and it took them about 15 seconds to find a crease that landed them inside the end zone. And like that, ladies and gentlemen, there's a statement, a massive statement by those guys in all black. That's the Low Country Golden Knights. They say, okay, let me show you how we start things on the road. Man, did that kid throw in some speed as he found himself in between two blockers and able to get across the 30 into the territory of the Patriots. And it was an end zone run from the 30. 70 yards later, they're cashing in six, waiting on a few more. Boy, they got a guy in the backfield. He looks like the catch should be a center, but they got him marked up like a running back. Waiting for the extra two. Not sure he's going to get it. No good. Great job there to special team play. So with 8.45, and that means only 15 seconds came off that clock, and 30-yard line is where that young man for the Golden Knights caught it, and then he ran it 70 yards into the end zone. 6 nothing lead here in the first quarter, game of the week. I want to welcome everybody in here listening. You've been hanging out with us on the Southern Sports Central pregame show, a quite lengthy show, if you will. We hung out with you for about an hour and a half. Usually we tried to give you 30, but it's spread out. We talked about the high school ranks. We talked about the colleges. We even covered some of the action that's happened around the state, most definitely over there at the Danny Jones field where they always welcome the fam over there. Great show here tonight so far. We uh, want to give you a rundown. 8U and 10U was uh, taken care of by the Low Country Golden Knights. 8U won 6-14 to 14 or 14-6 to 6 and 30-28. to 28. And that was a great matchup, by the way, in the 10U program. It came all the way down to the final kick. And it was uh, a game that, quite frankly, we'll, uh, we'll be talking about that one. That one will be an instant classic going down the road. Let's see what the Patriots, the 12 of you guys, come out here. Let's take a look at their jerseys tonight. They're wearing that famous Fort Dorchester blue pants. Got those pink socks and breast cancer awareness. And the white helmet with the Patriot hanging out on the side with those red face masks. We'll see what they can do here. And here come those Golden Knights. Starting off with that 70-yard run. That's going to be the uh, that's going to be the conversation that we're going to have here. They set up the ball and they're kicking it towards the woods. That's going to be away from the scoreboard. Give you some landmarks here. And a onside kick, flags flown, and of course that's going to go on the special teams. It's going to be 
A man left a little too early. Wait and see what we can do here in a beautiful night for football. It's uh, good to see a lot of our coaches with their players uh, here on the field. Big night tonight for football. Great night for football. Jay Williams, of course. He's uh, calling the shot. He's the shot caller here for the guys here on our network. Kind of tells us where we need to go, where we need to stand, what we need to do. All of that is an important process. Say so they move this one back to the 35. The Knights get down and go formation as if they're going to bust out of a cannon. Kicker there, going to spot it just right. Get those laces, young man, turned into the right direction. 8.44, still on that clock, 6 nothing the lead for the Knights. Here comes that kick. Boom, and it is kicked deep this time, and it's going to be in and out of the hands of number eight for the 10U Patriots. In between the legs, check that out, a little basketball move, and he's going to get some room. He gets back, and he comes around, and it looks like he's going to hit the 45. Sniffed arms the guy, still on his feet. Across the 50, to the 30, to the 25, to the 15, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. And ladies and gentlemen, that's how you answer a question mark is just give it back to him. And, man, was that a run by that young man. He did everything he had to do. And I got to tell you something. What a play. It looked as if he ran towards the visitor's side, caught it at the 30, but not before it went through his hands. He picks it up. He basketball moves between his legs. He goes to the left side. The store is closed. He comes to Right side, and it's green Packers and a track meet. 70 yards later, he returns one. So it's now 6-6 six to six with 8-27 remaining. And, man, I tell you what, special teams doing special things as the fort answers the call from the Knights. And a great job there. Man, I don't know if I'm more impressed that it went between his hands or that he picked it up and pushed it between his legs. Either way, that, my friends, it's how you answer a call when somebody calls you out. 8.27 remaining. It's all six on the board. 6-6 six, six in the first. And the whistles are blown and the flags are thrown. This is going to go against the fort. Ball start. Should move it back a little bit. Man. Now, that's how you start off a game of the week, Jay. If you're listening wherever you may be, my man, this definitely looks to have all the makings of some Saturday Night Lights here at the Fort. Coming to you from the backyard. Good times, great memories, and a opportunity for us here on the network to bring you some good old Friday or now Saturday football. Stay tuned. We may be bringing you some Friday Night Lights. We'll release that information maybe this week. They set up in the eye. They handed up the middle. Pushing, dragging, but you know that's a long ways to go after you were pushed back five, and that's going to be not happening. So that, of course, now bring up an 8:27 remaining here. We'll take a break, and it is a all tied up as if it never happened. We'll kick it off again. The fort will be kicking it off to those nice over there at the Low Country Knights. Guys, don't go anywhere. More of this football game coming right after this, guys.
Welcome back, everybody, here to the game of the week. It is the 12U Patriots kicking it off here, and it looks like it's in and out of the hands, and this one's going to drip down. Did they get to it in time? And a big hit. We'll see. But 24 laid down the hammer, and he popped out a big hit there, but not before. It was number 14 for the Golden Knights to pick up that one, and I tell you what, I don't know if anybody was home, but he was knocking. That big guy over there for the fort laid into the shoulders of uh, one of those other guys, and it was heard a mile away. 8:27 here in the first quarter, 6-6 the score. is all tied up in our game of the week. Brought to you by our friends right here at the South Carolina U Football Association and Southern Sports Central, the network. Spot the ball, looking for the spot. Now the referees are having a conversation. Coaches are coming out there from Fort D, trying to figure out what's going on. And uh, again, that's is uh, this is usually how it's going to go. Sometimes they'll drag it out just a little bit here, try to figure out where the ball is to be spotted. But I tell you, you couldn't have written up a better start here. Had some good games. 6-14 the final. Low Country Golden Knights win 8-U. 30-28, 10-U. Golden Knights in here right now. We're waiting to see where they're going to spot this one off. Are they going to kick it again? Man, I tell you what. Still trying to figure this thing out. And evidently, some explanations given to the press box would be nicely appreciated. But it's not happening here. 827, six is on the board. They're going to kick it one more time. So, toe meets leather for the third time. And another onside kick, and it's going to be fielded and a great job there. Finally, by number 10 of the Golden Knights, he'll bring it in. And, uh, again, great hands teams. They kind of knew it was coming. Again, I said this during the pregame. Again, we enjoyed uh, the pregame brought to you by our friends, of course, around the low country. But – you know, special teams has been kind of the things that people have really kind of gone after. So I'm not surprised to see it continue here on a night under the lights here at the fort. We're in the backyard, as we call it, or I call it, behind the stadium. Referees waving over here, letting us know we're here. 8.06 remaining, 6-6 is the score. Golden Knights with the ball on the offense. We'll finally get to see uh, an offensive play. It's been special teams, special things here on Southern Sports Central Game of the Week. Good stuff here. Not sure where we'll land next week. We'll uh, have to stay tuned. Make sure you follow us on Facebook at Southern Sports Central. Also over there on the World Wide Web at Twitter World. That's at SO Sports Central. As uh, we'll continue to uh, broadcast all of these games. On Saturday night, wherever the commission sends us. They break the huddle finally. Looking here. The numbers are going to be tough here tonight, guys, but we'll do our best. One receiver to the right side, one to the left, and quarterback under the center. And he's got a very awkward position here, but he'll toss it out to that running back to the right side, to that visitor side, flag down on the play. Probably going to be a hold. And he's finally uh, somewhere around. It looks like midfield, maybe crossed it over there. He does cross midfield. That will be a hold. And, again, you kind of knew where he threw the ball that it would be a holding call. Anytime it breaks as quickly as it did and that referee course right on the line is the first guy to call it, you kind of have an idea that's what they're going to go with. 7.50 remaining, first quarter, 6-6. Scoot them on back there. It's going to be 10-yard penalty. And uh, we'll see what we have here. This is a big-time penalty. It's 
Pushes him way back there, 10 yards later. Now it's going to bring up a second and 20. Excuse me, check that, first and 20. There's a hold call there. They break the huddle. They've got one receiver on each side, some backs hanging out of position. Man goes in motion left to right. Quarterback rolls out to the right there. It's going to be a keeper. And he's met by the white jerseys and pushed out of bounds. Not much, if any, gained to bring up a second down. We'll give him 18. Second and 18 here. Clock starts at 7-18. All tied up at 6 here. Game of the week. 12-U action here under the lights as it's Fort Dorchester. The feeder program for the Fort Dorchester Patriots. Big win last night. They win in a top-10 head-to-head matchup. Knocking down the Strat, excuse me, the Goose Creek Gators. They were ranked seventh in the state. The fort was ranked number four. And I tell you what, it looked as good as any last night across the state. They break the huddle. That is the Knights come up to the ball. Around the 40-yard line they go. And, oh, got some jump in there. And that's going to give them some free yards after a mistake made there. We'll see what they're going to do. Five yards in that other direction. If you're pulling for the home team, that's not the way you want to see it go. So it was at one time, second and 18. It's not going to make it second and 12. Quarterback keeper here, and he gets warned, but able to pick up a few positive yards, almost back to the line of scrimmage, somewhere around midfield. Again, the press box is back just a little bit, so it's not as easy to uh, to see on that far side. That is the visitor side. We'll try to do the best we can here tonight. Again, this 12-view program right here is uh, if your coach is at Fort Dorchester and you're on the B team, which, by the way, their B team coach is here, this is the team that he'll get next year. So he has a lot of investment out there with these dudes that are out here balling out on a Saturday night. 5.50 remaining, 6-6 six, six, tie. They break the huddle, one receiver on each side. Man in motion left to right. It's a handoff to the running back. He goes to the right side. He's going to get at least the first down and maybe a little more somewhere around the 35-yard line. Move those chains and what was a long first and 20. Now we'll give them a first down. It should be their first first down of the night. Good action here. Again, you got the you get that opportunity to, to to peel them back a little bit. You got to make the most out of it. Wind the clock up is by 36 remaining here in the first quarter. Great fireworks to start this one off with a 70-yard return to kick off to the Knights. They took it to the house, and then it was Ford's turn. 70 yards later, the other way on a kickoff return. One receiver each side. We're going to drop back the pass. He slings it to the right side and picked off just like that. Great job by the Patriots. To the 25 they go, bringing it back this way. Finds a seam, finds a crease and a few friends, and he'll find himself down, and a penalty flag is flown. Probably a push in the back. Looking at the body language of uh, these young Fort Dorchester Patriots, but not before the interception and the turnover. I don't know if these guys have a chain or what they got, but somebody ought to get a high five on the sideline. 5.02 remaining here. Good job. Great read. This defensive back, he really watched the quarterback's eyes as he looked back. It was a pretty good pass, but it was just a bit short, and it was all about getting in position, and they did just that. 
Big night of football here on Southern Sports Central as we, of course, excited to talk about all the big things that are happening around the South Carolina Youth Football Association. And they're going to push back the fort before they give them the ball. It was the penalty after the interception. So, amongst after the play, he'll put this thing somewhere, not over the rainbow, but somewhere around the 25 here. Spotting that ball somewhere about midfield. The scoreboard. Remember our markings tonight. We're either going towards the schoolhouse or towards the scoreboard. Here's the snap. Here's the handoff up the middle. He goes, and the big man for the Ford's going to get some positive yards. Maybe two, if you will, close to the 30. They should spot it around the 28. Hanging out over there on the left hash mark. See without this run and play for the Ford. What does it mean? What does it do? Given the opportunity here, maybe some passing play. Yeah, the Ford got some tall fellas out there, so they should use some size to uh, get some of that going in that direction for them. Again, another great fan turnout here tonight for our game of the week here at the Fort. Hanging out with you in the backyard. First time I've had a chance to bring you the ball game from the uh, from the wooden box, if you will. Last night I was just behind here up in the sky, looking down, calling a big win for the Patriots at home for the first time. Back at home next week. Here we go. Breaks the huddle. Receivers on each side, one wide. Handed off up the middle, trying to power football them and and there's some pushing, shoving by receivers and a DB back here, but no call. Looking for that spot on the ball there, and uh, that's going to bring up a third down. Looking for the football spotting here, and again, just trying to hard to find it there. On the other side, it's somewhere around the 30. Six-six, the score. Three forty-three, first quarter. It's all tied up between the twelve U guys of the Fort and the Golden Knights. Boy, that quarterback took off for an option, and he had a maybe a better option because he ran right into that wall of uh, black jerseys. And no go is the chain crew. They're going to kind of stay in place, and this thing could be around as uh, looking close to the thirty-five yard line, close to the first down. No, they're probably about four yards short, actually. So we'll see what the uh, coaching staff are going to do. Let's take a break with them, guys. It is 6-6, first quarter, guys. More football coming up. Don't go anywhere, guys. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back, everybody, here. 319 remaining, 6-6 the score, first quarter. Here's the play, the snap, and it's going to be a quarterback rollout to the home side, and he's met by the black jerseys, and it's nowhere near first down, and it will be a turnover on downs. Great stance by the defense. Unfortunately, the Ford unable to get that first first down, and it'll be a three and out here for 
that big defense coming over there from the Low Country Golden Knights. Remember, these guys are wearing all black pants and uh, black jerseys with the red numbers. That's the red numbers. Not as hard to see. Blue numbers, not as hard to see. It was a tough night last night, by the way, over there in uh, Bagwell Stadium. As, uh, we were trying everything we could to see the numbers for Goose Creek, but uh, unable to do it is quite as easy. Back on offense they go. The Low Country Knights here. The Golden Knights hand it off. Nope, that's a keeper. Option. Oh, he had an option to hand it off. And he's thinking maybe he should have, but he did get a few positive yards as they spotted that one on about the 32-yard line. He might have gotten three out of that. So we'll bring up second and seven. Clock down under three at 248. 6-6 tie here in our game of the week. Final game of the night. We've uh, played two. 8U and 10U went both to the Low Country Golden Knights. They're trying to see if they can get one out of them here tonight. That is the four-door test Patriots. Set it up here. One receiver hanging out on the left side and nobody to the right side. A running play. No, it's a fumble down on the ground and a huge loss of downs. Great job by number two to fall on the ball as he falls on the ball. Going to move him way back in what was a manageable second going into third down. It's going to be a tough third down now. Is uh, looking at the 35-yard line. First down marker at the 20. So should come around the third and 15 conversation here. Timeout called. 214 remaining. 6-6. And we're starting to kind of look here in the first quarter. Highlights actually all in the early part of this game as uh, it was all special teams. 70-yard run return for the ninth, 70-yard return for Fort Dorchester. And uh, we'll wait and see. Hopefully we get this one underway. The uh, the game earlier lasted a little bit longer. Evidently they started maybe a little bit later. We were told the game would start at 7.30. They didn't get it off until around 8.30, close enough. So uh, we'll wait and see kind of how this thing works out. 2.14 remaining. About an hour left of our broadcast here tonight, so hopefully we'll get this one in. Long night indeed. They break the huddle. That is a awkward formation again, and they're going to they're going to get him for, uh, again, this is going to go on the offense. It should move him back five yards. Legal motion on the offense, and that's five more in the other direction. So it was a third and 15. Welcome to third and 20 country. Third and 20. Remember, that moments ago, they were sitting about the 28-yard line, 27-yard line of Fort Dorchester. They were only about six, seven yards away from the first down. The first down mark is around the 20. And uh, now they're all the way back there around the 40. They're almost back in their own territory. One receiver to the left, a couple of running backs in the backfield, snap it to the quarterback from the shotgun. He's going to the right side, and that's the visitor side. He's still on his feet. Finally tackled, looking for that yard marker to help us out around the 30-yard line. So he got back some yards. Still about 10 yards shy. Should bring up a long fourth down. Can't say it ain't manageable. Try to run this one through here, see what we can do. Good night for football here as we are excited to have the game of the week. It's been a long day for us. Man in motion again. There's the snap coming this way this time. Nope, up the middle he goes. And I think he's going to be just short of the first down. Should be a turnover on downs. 
Great stance there by the Fort 12U boys as they'll bring in the offense. 153 remaining. All six on the board. It's 6-6 tie. And some special teams and special things here. Kind of wait and see what we got here again. We've got a little under an hour of broadcasting left. Had a pretty lengthy pregame here tonight. Again, originally it was slated to start at 7.30. They don't get this thing underway until around 8.30. We just kind of make these notes as we continue to grow this relationship with the entire group of the South Carolina Youth Football Association. And stay on uh, our programming schedule here. Here's the snap. Here comes the four. Oh, what a spin move there by the young man. He's still on his feet. And he didn't get a whole lot of yards, but I tell you, he did get a lot of eyes on that one. Number two, coming out of the backfield for the Patriots, he uh, put a little spin move, almost that X and O's on that video controller. And he was able to spin his way into some positive yards. And they'll spot this one. Maybe he got five yards. It looks like he did because they got the ball spotted somewhere at the 25, and I think he got to the 31. So we'll give him a pick of six. He earned that one, young man. Good job. Chopping those feet and turning those hips. Second and four on the board. Six, six. We're under a minute. Here's the snap. Rolls out to the home side. Quarterback keeper. Stiff arms one, and he's almost drug down. Number four, the quarterback, and he's met by a bunch of jerseys, but not before he gets to get a tap on the helmet of his players of getting that first down, and the chains will move along. And that's, I believe, our first first down of the night. For your Patriots, lining the clock up with 45 seconds remaining. 6-6 the score here, our game of the week. Spot the ball around the 42-yard line. Great job here tonight by all of those who put on this wonderful game of the week. I want to thank Coach LaPrade for allowing us to use this facility tonight. Here's a handoff up the middle. And he's finally drugged down. If he got to the line of scrimmage, we're... Going to be pretty excited about that. Not sure he did. But, again, I want to thank, you know, the principal, Mr. Eldridge, who also, uh, I would imagine, had some say-so in this opportunity, as well as uh, our head football coach at Fort Dorchester and the athletic director, Coach Steve LaFrad. By the way, picks up win number 150 last night. You will remember that one multiple times. And uh, another time now. Man, I tell you what. You know, I know normally they only give them three, but it feels like they get about eight here. And, uh, Ken, having this conversation, looking for what they're going to do here. Second down as they'll spot the ball uh, close to the 45-yard line, somewhere about 40. Uh, we'll give them 44. Second and about, let's say, seven. Spotting over there on the left hash mark for – Heading towards the scoreboard, away from the schoolhouse. If you're familiar with the, you know, geographics of the stadium. Again, we I call it the backyard. Here it's behind the stadium. This is where the varsity team practices on uh, Monday through Thursday. Sometimes Wednesday. Sometimes Thursday they head to the to the main field. I get a lot of stories that this place right here can talk for. They've seen some big guys like Big John and Carlos Dunlap and Robert Quinn and. So many. Here's the snap. He's slinging this one. Let's see if he runs into it. You'll get it, big man. Number four catches it right there at the 30. And, I mean, he hit him like a champ. Mm. 
Don't forget about Mr. Joyner. He was a big-time player here for the Patriots. He's now over there with the Gamecocks. First and 10 on the 27-yard line. Second quarter, we're into under nine minutes. All six on the board. And the crowd gets up and loud. Two to the right. Receivers handed it to the little guy. Here comes number two across. He's still on his feet. This cat is running like a man on a mission. And here comes a flag. And these referees are going to try to keep this thing together a little bit. But I tell you what, that number two was shot out of a cannon. Takes the ball around the 27-yard line. Finally drug down at the Golden Knight 20. Now I checked that at the 18, pending this penalty by the referees, and I got a feeling it's going against those guys from the Golden Knights, maybe a personal foul, and if that's the case, and it is, they're marching it towards the end zone for the Patriots. They're going to put this one somewhere around the 10. Ah, look at that. We'll spot that one on the... All right, he's bringing it back this way. Yeah, it's like he's looking for... Yeah, well, no, let's mark it again. <laughs> Oh, there you go. Right back where you started, bud. No worries. All right, so let's spot that one on the eight. That's going to be a big time. Drop those chains, boys. That's first and goal. Yeah, they're inside the they're inside the red zone, inside the 10, and they are looking for six with 827 remaining in the second quarter. Take this momentum. I'm liking that number two in the backfield. He's not the biggest dude in the world, but we learned it on Friday nights with Jalen Best. If you're a Patriot, that size don't matter. It's about that heart, that will and drive, and this cat can definitely catch some eyes. Looks like Ace Sanders if you're a Gamecock fan. Here's the reverse. It comes back this way. He finds a crease, and he finds an end zone. Touchdown, Patriots. Touchdown, number eight. He'll kneel it down. He'll pick up the ball. He'll hand it to the ref and say, we'll see you soon. That makes it 12, 12-6 with 8.23 remaining here at the fort. Coming to you from the backyard. Man, oh, man, what a night of football. You want to win them all, but you got to win the last one. That's that last taste. You know, when you go to a restaurant and you, you get something to eat, usually it's that last bite that you get that you remember the most. They're trying to make sure that they enjoy the last bite here tonight because that one was a great answer to the call there. 8.23, pending the extra two. We'll see what they do. Hand it up the middle, and he walks it in. Count that number, 24 for two as well. 14-6, 8.23 remaining here in the backyard here at the fort. In a 12U matchup, we'll take another break and come back. Oh, we got more football. Don't go anywhere, guys. Right here, live on Southern Sports Central, guys. We'll be right back, guys.
Welcome back, everybody. Here's the kick, and it is going to be a little pooch kick there to number 20. He'll round it over and roll it over, and he should be somewhere. Well, they got to fix that yard marker over there. They're not helping us at all, but it looks like around the 40. Man, I tell you, that was pushed back a little bit, but we'll keep an eye on over there. It looks like it's around the 40-yard line. It should be first and 10 for the Golden Knights. How about that drive there? Great opportunities on the mistakes, and they capitalize on them. That is your 12U Fort Rochester Patriots. If you're pulling for the guys in the white jerseys and the blue pants, you're pretty excited. They're up 14-6 to here, and they battle in the backyard. Game of the week brought to you by our friends over at South Carolina Youth Football Association and the commissioner, Jay Williams, and this SEC League. Big-time matchup here on a Saturday night under the lights. Glad to be a part of it. I'm Richie Alban. We gave the professor the day off, or at least we gave him the night off, because he worked really hard over Danny Jones today, getting a lot of interviews, having a lot of conversations. I hung out with him earlier there. And uh, the referees, well, I tell you, that, that's half of the battle here tonight. It seems like these guys have more conversations than the huddles that we see on the football field. Man. I mean, you got to speed this thing up a little bit, guys. Come on. Y'all been doing this all day long. You've been doing it for the last three or four weeks. Here we go. Two receivers to the left, a couple to the right. Handoff up the middle. Here comes the Golden Knights, and he's got very good yardage coming, I think, across the 50. Again, uh, very close to the 50 there. And that should be close to a first down. By two. They are in Fort Worcester territory. Quarterback keeper blocking the back, coming back, so it doesn't matter. Either a hold or a block in the back. A nice hit on the far right side. He's very close to the line of scrimmage. And those white jerseys are clapping, excited. And they feel like they've done something. We'll wait for the call. And usually that means it's coming back the other way just by where that penalty flag was thrown. We'll wait for the call, and it is going the other way. They don't communicate to us about the call. They just kind of just walk it off. So we either know by the direction of uh, the referee if it's against who and who's against what. But we'll get with the commissioner and see if he starts letting us know in the game of the week. Look at the press box and communicate it. We can let him know. Breaks the huddle, second down. It's a long second down. We'll count it second and about 20. Snaps the ball, hands it off, coming this side. Here comes some jerseys of White to meet him. He's tripped him down. Number four, after making a big-time catch, he didn't make a big-time tackle. If he got to the line of scrimmage, he's lucky. 7-20 and counting it down. 6-14, 12-U football on a Saturday night. The Fort with the lead, taking it right now over the low country Golden Knights of Latson. To see here what we got here. Spot the ball, wind the clock, and we're rolling. Two receivers to the left, two of the receivers to the right. The shotgun. He stands somewhere around his own 30 with a running back to his right side. Pass play, and here comes some heat. Oh, there goes some heat. Check out number 45. Yeah, look at his number. It's 46. He's not the tallest, but boy, he might be the fastest. That little cat got in there and introduced himself. He's still celebrating, still loving life. Big tackle for loss. 6.30 remaining here with a 14-6 lead. Man, that was a great play. 
Yeah, shocking. We're going to get a timeout here. I don't have any timeouts. We're going to find out what's going on with the timeout thing. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. we got more football. You're listening to the South Carolina Youth Football Association Saturday Game of the Week right here on Southern Sports Central, guys. Don't go anywhere. More football right out of break, guys. Welcome back, everybody, here. I am live at the fort in the backyard as we have our game of the week. Brought to you by the South Carolina Youth Football Association is the 12U guys getting after it. 14-6, the lead for the fort over the Golden Knights. Here's a punt. Not a great one. Oh, it's hit right to the fort. He may have enough grass and enough green to get to his 46. After getting a sack, he gets a gift, and that gift takes it all the way to the 10. First and goal. Oh, yeah. But we got laundry. We're not surprised. Man, I tell you what, punter punted it right to the linebacking position, which was number 46, who just celebrated a sack. Then he celebrates the gift that he got, and he runs it all the way to the 10. Man, I tell you, you got to love it. And this is going against the Knights, so what was the gift is even going to be greater. And this is going to get him around the five-yard line with 6.15 remaining here in the second quarter. Keep this thing moving. Wind up the clock with 6.15 and counting. They spot this one on the five. Switching balls out. Nas, how about that? That guy's got a little bit of action there. He's able to get this thing running. He threw that ball like he's been playing some quarterback. He's the man that runs the program over here. I want to thank him for the hospitality tonight. Here's the four with the handout. Give it to two. What do you do? He gets pushed back. Oh, he's still getting pushed back. Man, I think, you know, the little guy, he's got some heart. He's got some wheels. He just didn't have enough to get in the end zone. Forward progress. Still trying to see it. Again, it's not as easy to see. It's on the left hash mark. We're going towards the scoreboard away from the schoolhouse. They spotted around the four-yard line. Second play coming up here, under 520 and counting, 14-6. Fort D with the lead in the 12U game tonight, our finale. Second down, and it's a handoff to, what do you do? Put six on the board. He's in the end zone. Yes, sir, Ree, a great call there by the OC of this Fort D team. And I tell you what, that guy is making a household name for himself. We're working on getting rosters. That's our next step. Being here is the first step. And getting rosters would be the next one. 5.05 remaining, and then the four takes a 20-6 to six lead 
on a Saturday night under the lights. They welcome you to the backyard here, right behind Bagwell Stadium here at Fort Dorchester High School. If you looked at the Fort on Friday night, it looks a little bit like this Fort team on Saturday night. Man, oh, man, what a great night for football. Golden Knights are going to have to answer back quickly to get this momentum changing because I tell you what, man, that mode hits you and it starts to hit you like a like a train. Pushing it up the middle. No, it's the quarterback keeper. Did he get out and about? He did touch in for two. 22-6. We're taking another break. Boy, I tell you what, this team is definitely here to play some football, guys. Don't go anywhere more. Football next. Welcome back, everybody, here live at the game of the week. They're getting ready to punt it off. The Ford does, and it's another onside kick, and it's in the hands. It didn't look like it was going to stay there for the young man. Number 18 seems to have the hands of the night for that low country Golden Knight team. They trail 22-6, to 5.05 remaining here in the second quarter. Game of the week, game of the night right here, 12U action under the lights in the backyard here at Fort Dorchester High School. We'll try to see if we can find out where we head to next. Man, I got to tell you, I don't even know if the professor saw this one coming. I knew it was going to be a battle. I saw that eight you a little bit. I definitely saw all the ten you a lot. This twelve you team is definitely bringing some popcorn. They break the huddle. They spot the ball at the fifty. Here's the snap to the right side of the quarterback keeper, but always oh, stood up and introduced. Oh, number four. Somebody gets that cat a game ball, and there's a flag. Yeah, a little bit of – oh, there's two flags. And the referee says, you got one, I got one. And I got a bad feeling for the Golden Knights. This one's going to be another big time. And they're going to go talk to the coaches about this one. They want to probably get these young guys settled in a little bit. Look at the score. It's 22-6 to six if you're four. Guys, let your, let your football do your talking. And if you're the low country – Golden Knights, hey, regroup a little bit. Let's get that thing put back in, and let's start doing some things. But less, it looks like they're moving it Ford's way. So, yes, they are. They're going to give them a first down. So, a 15-yard penalty against Fort Dorchester. And I wonder if the way number four tackled him and then had a little bit of a celebration might have been the indication. First down, that's close to a first down. They didn't get it because they were already behind after a loss there. Here comes the quarterback keeper around the right side. He'll high jump one and get into the first down and another positive mark there. 68 excited about getting that sack there for four, but not before 
the Knights get a first down. So, you know, it's one of those things, excited about getting a tackle, but you got to catch them before they get across that first down marker, and that's going to spot it around the 32-yard line, the right hash mark, and they're going to take this one towards the schoolhouse. 428 remaining. We're going to be cutting this one close because we're these games are just running over a good bit. Running out the right side. Here comes a great job of getting off that block and nothing answered. And that's how you do it. Number, I got to think that's number two, man. Number two seems to be getting fed pretty well, too, over there. Yeah, we'll go to number eight. Number eight there, 401. Here's there's tackled inbound, so that should keep everything moving. Here, get this thing kind of. Running through 22-6. That is the lead for the 12U Fort Dorchester Patriots over the Lowcountry Golden Knights of Ladson. Take that small trip down Dorchester Road over here to Fort D. High. Here's the quarterback keeper, and it's going to keep about three, four, maybe five yards. Should come up a third down and manageable somewhere around the 30. Right hash mark, they'll spot it. They'll this clock moving, 325 remaining. Hopefully we can get this thing all the way in. But these games, again, we're just trying to do the best we can here because, uh, we, again, we, we told it starts at 730. So we get here, do a little pregame at 7. I think next time we'll do the pregame at the time that the game should start. That should guarantee us to get everything in. Here's a run by their little guy. Man, this guy's going to run it and not much at all. And, hey, Huge hit there. Some conversations being had. Let's see what we got here. That should bring up a fourth down, manageable fourth down. They're going to spot the ball and looking for that mark over there, somewhere between near the 30. And they're moving the markers over there on the other side. They're not keeping it all up to date here, so we're kind of waiting to see what we see. Fourth down, 228, and counting it down as we're heading into the half with a big-time lead for the fourth. That's going to be a first down. And they're trying to answer something before halftime. They spot the ball, and it should move the clock, and they will get this thing up and running. Again, the... And the referee is going to call five. It's going to get a penalty on the opposing team. Maybe the coach on that one there. I'm not sure what happened there. And the white hat is the guy that actually called that penalty. So that's uh, that's a pretty big deal. It's one thing to upset the other guy, but when you get the main guy upset, that's kind of a big deal and could be a conversation to be had to the visiting team here tonight. So it was a good run. It's now going to be pushed back. 36 remaining minutes here in the broadcast. Unfortunately, not sure we're going to get all four quarters under the broadcast here tonight. Once again, we're, you know, these games running over a good bit. Tonight's broadcast actually uh, started at 7 o'clock. The kickoff was slated for 7.30. And unfortunately, the games ran off a good bit. Now I think they're going to wave off the penalty flag. We'll wait and we see here, and he's going to have a conversation with the coach from the fort. 12-view coach actually was actually at a game I just saw just earlier today. Love to see these guys out and about, not just supporting their team, but supporting the league. 22-6 is the score. 
2-12 and counting it down to halftime. Run it up the middle. Not much to be gained there. Bring up a second down. And a big man looking there, checking in. I think 22 is his number. Got that running back number, but he's running from that defensive line position. Big time night here. Again, 147 remaining until we get a halftime. Hope we can speed this thing up a little bit and see what we get. Give me a close one. Wait and see what we do. I want to thank Jay Williams for the opportunity to do what we do here. And there's a big hit there. Third down coming up. This is a big third down. Under a minute coming up right here as well. So this is a big time stance for the defense of the fort. Is they're going to do what they can do to keep those low country golden knife out of the end zone as they'll spot the ball somewhere around the 15-yard line. Looks like they are about, well, they're going to move it back a little bit to about the 17-yard line. They've got to get to the 10 to get a first down. So we'll go second and, excuse me, check that, third and seven on the left hash mark. Heading towards the schoolhouse, one receiver to the left, nobody over to the right, and a handful of guys in the backfield. He rolls to the right. He didn't have anybody to throw it. He throws out of bounds, and that should be intentional grounding. There's nobody over there. There's that grounding. Again, there's no box in high school. There is no box in youth football. In college, if you get outside the tackles, you're allowed to throw it away. But here in this league, that's not an opportunity, not even a choice. So he will not only take a loss of down, he will also take a loss of yardage. So this one will move back here and will go down to fourth down. That should go fourth down. They should be moving that, flip that thing over one more time. There you go. Fourth down is the call. 41 seconds remaining. Fort Orchester up with the lead 22 to 6. You know, I've always asked that question. There are certain rules in college that I would like to see them marry here Maybe not at this league, but definitely at the league behind us. And that's where the big boys play. Big time football here. I want to thank everybody for the Southern Sports Central, the support of Southern Sports Central, the network, and all of our teams that do what they do. Don't forget, tomorrow night you can hear the professor, Clinton Robinson Sr., with Voice Sports. He will be in the lab from 6 to 9. His rules, his way. And this way, it's going to go almost picked off, but he's pulled out of the air. A completion from the quarterback to the receiver of the Golden Knights, but nowhere near first down. Turnover on downs, 35 seconds to spot it and move it and get to the half, and hopefully we can keep this thing moving a little bit here. This is going to be a close one. Good to see football in the fall here in the state of South Carolina. If you're in North Carolina, you're seeing it in some places. Private schools are playing, and a few other leagues are playing, but most of those public high schools are not playing. Virginia's in that conversation. Certain pockets of Florida, not like Georgia, just like us. They're full strength, and they're doing what they do and just hoping that we keep things on the up and up here. Again, we say this on many broadcasts, and, again, when you go to somebody else's house, please follow their rules. Here's the snap. Here's the handoff. Here comes number two, and he's hit hard, but he's shading off some guys, and he's going to take it himself, and that should – that should lead us to the half. Why are we calling timeout again? And I tell you what, man, I got to be honest with you. With 28 seconds, a 22 to 6 lead. A few timeouts a little bit later. We'll keep this thing moving. 
And we're going to get some water out for the big dogs on the front line. Good night for football. As we put everything in order here, glad to have you with us here tonight. And listening to the South Carolina Youth Football Association game of the week right here at the fort. Coming to you live from the backyard. The practice field for the boys on Friday nights and some Thursday nights. Congratulations to the JV squad for the fort. They went on the road over to Goose Creek and pulled out a dub on the road. That's a tough thing to do. Also, uh, great great job by the B team. There's a storyline behind that, but i got to give it to Coach and all of his players for grinding it out and giving it what they got. About the ball and 28 seconds on the clock. This is going to be a slinger. It's coming downfield and incomplete. Almost picked off. It's ended to number four. They wanted a flag, and they're not going to get one. Not catchable. That's what they're going to go with. And quickly, the referee lets him know, hey, it's over his head and through the woods. It's not even a catchable pass. Not sure if that's what they wanted to hear, but that's what they were told with 20 seconds remaining. Parents, fans, coaches, they wanted a penalty and get one. 22 to 6 is the lead here at the fort. Good night for football. Takes the snap. It's quarterback keeper. Here comes four. He wants some more. Get across the line of scrimmage. I think he got enough for a first down, and then we'll maybe call a timeout here. We'll see what they do. Well, the clock should stop until they spot the ball and get the chain set. 29 minutes remaining here of our broadcast here tonight. Again, we will. We'll do a little bit different here. I'm just trying to figure out how we can calculate this whole thing because I'm starting to feel like maybe it's about a 45-minute delay. If they say 7, we'll, we'll probably start coming on the board around 7.30. We'll wait and see how it works out. Good night for football with 13 seconds remaining here in the second quarter. And, again, it's a long time out here. As we get things up and moving here tonight. Beautiful night for football. Let's give you a quick little update here. Looking around the league and who's leading and who's up and who's good football around the country in high school football last night, tonight college football. It's twenty four ten Clemson over Virginia. 21-7 LSU over Vanderbilt, Arkansas. How about that? With the lead over Mississippi State, Bulldogs go into LSU and pick up a win, and now they struggle against Arkansas. Georgia, in between the hedges, are at halftime. They're up 24-3. And the Air Force and Navy game, it's over. Air Force picks up a win at home against Navy. 13 seconds, ladies and gentlemen, till we hit the half. It's a 22-6 lead for the Patriots, the 12 you guys, over these Golden Knights, and that should lead us into the half with five, four, three, two, one. That'll do it. At the half we go, guys. We'll take a quick break. We'll reset. We'll get a little water in the old pipes here, and we'll uh, come back for the second half. We've got a little bit of football time left on the broadcast here tonight. Again, it is a three-hour show. Set it off 
at 7 o'clock. Should have been kickoff at 7.30. So, again, we'll just have to make some uh, some changes, and we'll get it. We'll figure it out. But we've been here throughout the day, and, of course, we started off at Danny Jones with the professor and uh, Southern Sports Central and Voice Sports doing what we do best, and that is support the youth. We'll be right back, guys. More football under the lights on a Saturday night game of the week. Brought to you by our friends right down the road at the South Carolina Youth Football Association, guys. Right here, Sports Central, guys. Don't go anywhere. sensations that is Friday night. Friday night is the sound of that crowd, the pride of that community, the way that that grass smells. I've never felt in my adult life the way that I felt on Friday nights. That's what those kids are playing for. They're playing for that emotion. They're playing for that brotherhood and all of that sensory input that comes from Friday night. That's why they're playing high school football in this country. It is this common thread that weaves through the American fabric. Whether you live in Compton, California, or you live in Appalachia, if you played the game at the high school level, you have this common bond of representing that community. Anyone who disparages where the game is based on myriad reasons. I'm not buying it. I'm around the game every day on these campuses. I see the impact it has on these young men. I see the way that these coaches are able to grow high school boys into NFL or professional men. And it's just beautiful.
ready tonight. Three claps. Three claps. Three claps. 27 years ago, I, I walked down the locker room. It still smells the same. It takes you back real quick. One of the things that caught me was how fast 27 years goes by. There's so many people that live vicariously through you. I would give anything tonight to jump in one of these uniforms with you guys. Let's do something I never had an opportunity to do. My father never saw me play. You play for your father tonight. That feeling goes away. It goes away, and it doesn't come every Friday night. It comes when you get married. It comes when your child's born. So you get it. But you just don't get it every Friday night. You're going to miss that more than anything in the world. That's what I miss. And so you seniors that are focused on college, you're focused on your work after high school, what you're going to do next, you're focused on tomorrow, aren't you? You've got plenty of time for tomorrow. But these tonights, they're going by fast. You focus on tonight. This is about you guys. This is about the guys in this room that care about each other, that know there's only so many more of these nights left. It's about you. They're a faceless opponent. They just happen to draw the short straw tonight. Now get your asses ready to play. Win on three. One, two, three. I feel that you. Smell that fresh cut grass I'm back in my helmet, cleats and shoulder pads Standing in the huddle, listening to the call Fans going crazy for the boys that fall They didn't let just anybody in that club Took every ounce of heart and sweat and blood To get the widow's game day jerseys down the hall The kings of the school, man, where the boys are fall Well, let's turn and face the stars and stripes Turn and face the stars and strive. 
We would say to young kids, learn to dream. You can accomplish anything you want to. What a wonderful time in your life. I get excited when I see kids playing in the, in the backyard or um, at the schoolyard. Uh, the, the advice that I would give uh, a group of 7-year-old, 8-year-olds would be to have dreams. It's okay to work at those dreams. Do whatever you can. But just have fun. and. and there's nothing wrong with dreaming big. And welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Allen here. Starting the third quarter. Good message there. Here's an onside kick, and the hands team is out. But it's not going to work out for the Fort Patriots. Is it's in the hands and out of the hands, and I think it landed on an onside kick to start the third quarter into the hands of that low country Golden Knights. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Yellman here on the Game of the Week, brought to you by the South Carolina Youth Football Association. 12U under the lights for the finale of a long day across the state of South Carolina. And uh, that is accurate. They will be bringing out the offense for the onside kick successfully made. The Knights there going to snap it. Flags are thrown. And they will do it again as they'll probably move them back five as somebody moved prematurely. 8.47 remaining here in the third quarter. 22-6 to six is the lead. We've got about 16 minutes left of tonight's broadcast. I want to thank Jay Williams for the opportunity to, I would say, these young guys, give these young guys a little opportunity here tonight and uh, give them a, a voice, if I will, being the voice of the South Carolina Youth Football Association here on the radio broadcast between myself and the professor, Quentin Robinson Sr., part of our family as well as his group of guys over at Voice Sports. Here's the quarterback keeper around to the home side. Down the sidelines, he's going to find over and in, but not before he gets into the territory of the Patriots. And they'll spot this one around the 46-45-yard uh, line. So it should be first and 10 on the 45. Those Golden Knights start to march towards an end zone. We'll wait and we'll see how this is going to work out. Set it up for you. Defensively, Forts on that side. Offensively, and there's another false start. So, again, 
We'll see. Actually, this may go against the Patriots lined up in the neutral zone. I think it is. I think it's going to give these guys a, what was – well, it's going to give them a first down. I thought they got the first down on the last run there. They were just shy. First down marker is a 38. That's going to give them five yards, and that should be a low country golden night first down to start. That's their first first down of the second half. 8.33 and count it down. Here's the quarterback keeper up the middle. The tall guy gets across, and he's going to push through about four yards. 84 is the young man that's going to get credit for the tackle there as he comes out and lets us know it was him. Second down and manageable. They'll put it near the 30, running this one towards the scoreboard. Set you up in the stadium here in the backyard at the Fort Dorchester High School where the boys are playing tonight in the backyard, if you will. Defensively, the Fort. Offensively, the Knights. Yeah, again, somebody's either lining up wrong or moving or grooving or something. But it's going against the Fort, so they're going to be moving that one five more yards and that's going to get them close to a first down, and they haven't really had to do much, and they're going to move the chains. As, there you go. Spot that one on the 25, first and 10 from the 25. The Knights are marching towards the end zone with 750 and counting. They trail 22-6 to to the fort. 12U football on a Saturday night. South Carolina U football style. Here's the handoff up the middle. High jumps. One to another. Wait and we see. Now, in high school, if I'm not mistaken, that's a penalty. Maybe in this league it's not as much. And once again, 90, 80, is that 84 wants us to know he got that tackle again. Good stuff. 721 remaining, 22-6 the score. Follow us on Twitter at SO Sports Central and on Facebook at Southern Sports Central. We're going to continue to do what we can to get these, these times right. And there's a timeout. For a young man on the other side, it looks like one of the Knights are down. So we'll uh, stop the clock with 7-11. Oh, thank heavens, the 7-11s are back. The only bad thing is that uh, I think they took place. No, they actually didn't. They didn't take place in the Hesmarts. You know, growing up at 42, so when I was little, the Hesmarts were, were a big thing. You know, you got those Hesmarts trucks. And uh, I think you can go online and order them, but it's not the same. Glad to see everybody out here tonight. It is a great crowd. Everybody's on their best. P's and Q's, if you will. And um, good crowds. I've been to two different venues. I started off at Danny Jones. I made my way here. Uh, I know Matthew Scott is uh, in the midst right now of the South Carolina Youth Diabetes Association, seventh annual softball game. We had planned to get up that way, had some things Unable us to get up there tonight, but I wish him and his crew a successful night. Hopefully they are doing well. We'll get a recap from him on Monday night. Here's the snap. Here's the handoff, and he's met big-time football by big-time number 77. Yeah, feed him, he says. Give me some more. Love it. Like that stuff right there is now that will bring up again 647. We've got about nine minutes Left to tonight's broadcast, and man down for the fort. And we're having some conversations. Wait and see what we see here. And, uh, again, we want to 
thank Jay Williams for the opportunity here tonight. We've been since uh, about 6.30. Got on the air at 7. Kickoff was slated for 7.30. Didn't kick off till about 8.15, 8.20. And unfortunately, uh, it's going to cut our broadcast a little short here tonight. We slated for three hours. We're going to give them three hours. Just had about an hour and a few for pregame. But we covered a lot, though. Think about it. We did talk about the South Carolina Youth Football Association. We covered the six games and 12 teams that played over at Danny Jones. We talked about the two teams or two games and four teams that played before this game, and we covered this one with 245 remaining in the third quarter, 22-6 lead right now for the Patriots. 205 remaining. Been a good night, though. We'll get this thing, though. We will. We'll get this thing underway. We'll, we'll try to get that pregame around 20 minutes and the whole game throughout. Just got to get these timing things here. It seems like timeouts are uh, – and these guys have as many timeouts as they do plays. Quick run up the middle, and it's a close to a first down. They're going to run this one around the 15-yard line. Waiting to find out where we'll be next week. Not sure where we'll be heading out. Again, I want to tell Matthew Scott, great job as uh, he continues to uh, year after year put it together. We we were hoping to get there this year, but had some situations come up unexpectedly and uh, weren't able to make it last minute. That's, uh, again, with or without us, I know he's going to do some great things. Big time night of football here. Excited about what we got going on here in the South Carolina Youth Football Association. Timeout, 554 remaining. 22-6 is the score. Don't forget, tomorrow night you can catch the professor. He is going to be in the lab from 6 to 9 right here on Sports Central. Voice Sports going to be doing their thing right here on the network. We're excited to have him and his group of guys in here. Going to have probably some coaches, some players, and a few fans drop by. I may even pick up a phone and reach out to him. He'll be in the lab so you can uh, check in with him. Remember, it's his house, his rules, his lab. You know, he he writes the rule books over there. Keeping it clean and doing it the right way is what we're all about here. But he'll be doing his thing. If uh, you're into high school football, we'll be uh, over at Bagwell Stadium. Go to fcsportstv.com to watch our broadcast. Myself, Eddie Tilly, and that professor I'm telling you about in his show tomorrow night. Also, if you're a parent and you like to, you know, learn some things before and after school, check out my Tuesday shows. That's Everett Sands and the West Foundation. Everett, a former Conway Tiger up there on the Grand Strand, a former Citadel Bulldog, and a former running back coach for the University of South Carolina for the NC State. Coastal, the Citadel, and uh, the University of Tennessee, San Antonio. But he does a great job educating you about scholarships and saving money and and financial stability and all of that. Back to the field, 22-6 is the score, 520 and counting it here in the third quarter. Here's a quarterback keeper around the left side, and he's got some grass, he's got some greens, and he is in. Let's see if they count it. Looking for some hands, and there they go. That's going to get six on the board, so it will make it 22 to 12 with 510 remaining. Back live here on the network next 
Saturday night. Not sure. Hopefully the professor will join me next Saturday night. We'll give you the two-for-one deal. Usually that means his uh, Italian ice machine will be in the facility as well. All of that depends where they put us. Will we be? Where will we be? Who will we be with? Stay tuned. Great opportunity for us here to get to know all of these fans and the families and the players and the coaches and the referees. You hear this uh, crowd in the background, and here's a shocker. Timeout. <laughs> Six minutes left here of the broadcast with 5-10 remaining in the third quarter. It's a 22-12 lead for the 12U Fort Dorchester Patriots. Game of the week here at the Fort. Hanging out with you in the backyard tonight. We're excited about tonight's lights and uh, getting back into it. We, of course, we were, you know, we, we weren't sure if this was going to happen. We had, you know, every Thursday, and he would give us an update. And then when they would move the season back for high school, he would move the season back for this league. And, of course, here it is now. He finally just said, look, we're, we're, we're going to play football. We can't wait on the high schools. we got to do what we do, and this is what we're doing. So he's done that in fashion, and uh, again, we're very excited to be a part of this uh, this this opportunity of a I got to be out a partnership, and it's not just here in the Low Country because there's multiple teams and multiple leagues across the state of South Carolina that are all connected to this South Carolina Youth Football Association. Here goes the snap, going for two. They and he should have handed it off because he's not going to get the first down. They drive him back and drive him in the ground. And just like that, it's going to stay 22-12, remaining. That's a great job by that defensive front over there with the fort. For all of the updates here of this game, you can go over to the SCYFA on Facebook, and he'll give you all the updates for the scores after we get off the air here in just about three minutes. You can check it out. Quick rundown of today here, and it is the game of the week, and location is Fort Dorchester with the Patriots 8U. Fell a little short there as they lost 14-6 to to the Low Country Golden Knights, and 10U team a little bit closer, but not enough as they dropped their game on a tough one, 30-28. to And here tonight, it started off with two great fireworks. First, it was the Golden Knights returning 70 yards for a touchdown. Next up, it was Fort Dorchester, 70 yards, kickoff return for a touchdown. And then it was all Fort for most of the first half as they had a good lead going in. It was 22-6 to six at half. But coming out of this one, they have put up more points on the board, and that is the Golden Knights shrink the lead to 22-12. to 12. This could be our final play here of the broadcast tonight. Don't forget, tomorrow night on the lab, it will be the professor. I'm going to check him out. Make sure you uh, – three hours. He's got to have coaches, players, interviews, and a message that you want to hear. Quick kick to the chest. Hands. Hey, guys, I tell you what, man, these little guys got some hands because I see guys on Friday nights that kicked right to them like that, and it's bounced off the chest and into the other hands there. 508 remaining here. We'll break loose with a minute left of the broadcast. That means we're about three minutes away from 10 o'clock, and this is the late game. Man, 
complaining, but it is definitely uh, a good night of football here on the broadcast. Follow us over there at Southern Sports Central and at SO Sports Central. 508 remain. This will be, oh, there's a timeout. Timeout goes with it. So just like that, we'll do it with them. We'll take our final and our last signing off opportunity here tonight. I want to thank Jay Williams, Mr. Niaz, as he is the head of operations here of the Fort Dorchester programs, the 8, 10, and 12U. We want to thank, of course, the Golden Knights for allowing us to broadcast the game that they played in as well. Also, for those guys over there at Danny Jones, as, of course, Boy Sports and Southern Sports Central was in-house here today, or over there today. Uh, you know, again, just so many opportunities to build so many great relationships, and it continues here week after week, day after day, and handshake after handshake. We uh, want to make sure that you guys uh, keep up with us. We have a seven-day programming. You can follow us on Facebook. You can find out the programming is there. Also, if you check us out over there on Twitter at SO Sports Central, you can find it there as well. We'll get this last play in before we uh, sign off here on tonight's broadcast. I'll give you a quick breakdown of it, guys. And that's going to end on a penalty. All right, guys, on behalf of all of us, to all of you guys, have a great night. Stay safe. God bless. Have a great week. It's going to be a good one, guys. Uh, Friday Night Lights is in full effect. you got college football around us here. NFL will get their thing tomorrow as well. And, of course, more of the South Carolina youth football that will be held right here on Southern Sports Central next Saturday night, guys. Have a great weekend. Enjoy what's left of it. We'll see you next week. Until then, stay safe.